And we have numbers. It's rolling. It's a Cleveland Moto podcast. Listen to this. We got Pride of Cleveland, POC's very own beer. Ah, uh, and we got, what was that? That was uh, Brew Free or Die. 21st, 21st Amendment. Amendment. All right. And, uh, of course, Nick couldn't wait, and he had to go ahead and crack his PBR mm-hmm. a little bit early. So, yeah, small podcast today. It's a late podcast, about, you know, 9 o'clock plus change. That's because you've been laying on a couch for the last, what, how many No, no, I've been fucking being, I just have been such a lazy dick. I haven't been able to get off my fucking ass. <laughs> I've been on my ass since 1.30 last night. Right. Just on my fucking ass. Just it. Just fucking sitting there, just fucking watching the world go by. Playing that, that video game, what do you call that game? Uh, driving? Driving, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, Grand Theft, Grand Theft Auto, <laughs> except with a Ford F-150. Uh, yeah, so I took off this morning at 1.30 a.m. I've driven 1,139 miles in whatever amount of time transpires between 9 p.m. and go back in time to 1.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. I went from Avon Lake, west of Cleveland, to a little town called Caldwell Borough, New Jersey. I bought that Harley-Davidson we talked about last week mm-hmm. um, from the police chief personally, who... Got the city to buy the bike for him because he wanted a Harley to ride around on. He proceeded to ride the bike only 6,000 miles over four years. Not very much. You know, what's that, 1,200 and some miles a year? 1,250 a year? Um, Said that uh, it was a terrible idea. It's the worst idea in the world for law enforcement. But this town, this Caldwell Borough, is fucking bucks deluxe, man. I got lost, and I was like, oh, boy. I was the hinkiest thing in that neighborhood. Wow. There was nothing there without at least two gates and a moat. So these people know how to live in, Cald- in Caldwell Borough, New Jersey. Was that one gate on either side of the moat? Yes. Or was- okay. Yes, exactly. Yes, and uh, the heated water in the moat so the alligators wouldn't get cold. But yeah, very, very posh. So it wasn't like that Chevy Chase movie where he's, he goes into New Jersey and, and, and Dan Aykroyd Nothing Ackroyd but was a- Trouble was the name yeah. of that movie. Uh, Dan Aykroyd directed it and acted a couple of different parts in it. Got the star power of Chevy Chase, and Chevy Chase proceeded to piss off everybody on the cast and crew, um, being an uppity fucker. But meanwhile, everybody that worked on the, sh- the, the program or the project loved Dan Aykroyd, said he was the greatest guy in the world to work with. Yep. And they modeled that whole thing based on, uh, what's that town in uh, Castalia, Pennsylvania, where the coal fires underground have been burning for like 80 years or some shit and like all the roads are cracked and you can go there now and ride around on those cracked broken up roads and smoke's coming through them but yeah i guess that's the premise is they ended up in a shit back hole backwater town it's a hilarious dinner scene it's a terrible movie unbelievable it is a irretrievably bad movie but it is so bad it is good on a rob zombie level I fucking love the movie. And everyone's like, oh, I watched it. It was fucking awful. I'm like, yeah, you didn't give it a chance. What was, I think I saw, what was the name of it? Nothing But Trouble. Nothing But Trouble. Trouble. I remember that. And it's got Tupac in it. (laughs) And it's got uh, Velvet Underground, not Velvet Underground, uh, Sex Packs. Who was those guys? Uh, The Humpty Hump. Oh, uh, uh, Digital Underground. Digital Underground. Digital Underground. Tupac. Um, Now, that was the, the Humpty Hump. Wasn't that Arsenio Hall with like a nose on or something? There's a story back there somewhere. There's like because that guy was in disguise, that rap artist. Was he get eaten up by the roller coaster. Yes, <laughs> they all get chomped on by the roller coaster, the bone stripper. Oh so shit! I remember. Okay, I remember yeah. this. It's a terrible oh, movie, yeah. but it's it's fun as fuck. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, got uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
The bone stripper. It's a dick. Yeah, Yeah, it is. All right. Uh, Yeah, so then I left uh, New Jersey and went down to Baltimore. Had to get an escort because I'm on the road, baby. Oh, yeah, and the twins. Yeah, and the twins, yeah. So I got a, and and Dan Aykroyd plays one of those twins. Uh, So while I was on the road, you got to get into these terminals, and this one particular dock over there is a Twic dock, so you got to have a transportation worker's identification card. And if you don't have yourself one of those transportation workers' identification cards, you may be some kind of fucking terrorist. Mm. So then you got to pay $50 an hour for an escort. No happy ending. Mm. Nothing. And then it's the battle of you versus the clock to see how quickly you can get into the facility, get your shit, get your shit loaded up, and clear the facility to pay the smallest increment of hours humanly possible. I learned this week how shady the docks are, too, Oh, yeah. by following Travis Pastrana. They mm. just came back from England from yeah. the Nitro Circus shows, yeah. and all their motorcycles were stolen. Oh, like they're stolen. All of them gone. Wow. I've had some stuff seized before, but yeah, not, no. not straight up sold, stolen. They, they had, they had ten, 10 shipping containers come in. One of them contained all the motorcycles. Oh, really? And Guess which shipping container got fucked. Yep, that yeah. one. It's almost like they knew what was inside. Right. Locks me <laughs> in. So me somebody's up. out there. The one thing is, is that he has... Uh, the one bike is a two-stroke, nineteen, whatever, yeah. you know, for doing his super tricks, and it's in instead of plastic, all the plastic is Kevlar huh. and stuff. So the bike weighs like one hundred and forty pounds or one hundred and sixty pounds, whatever. So if it's out there, like it'll it, get sold on fucking Birmingham Facebook yeah, marketplace, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, for fifty. <laughs> what you call it? Fifty quid? That'll do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think it was here though. I think it was the return. Oh, it got yeah, it got yeah. snagged here. Yeah. So probably in you know. Maryland or Jersey or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, they're, uh, I mean, I'm not saying these docks are shady. I mean, I got my stuff. Yeah. But yeah, that was Maryland, and then I hustled my ass back here. And uh, the Ford F 150 SX motor V6 with a five speed will get you 22 miles per gallon unladen hmm. with a uh, Harley Davidson FLHP in the back and a U Haul's best tow dolly and a uh, cranky 1991. Nissan Figaro, dragging its tail behind you, you'll get around 16. That's a 1991. Not, not bad. Not a bad exchange rate. No. no. Not really. Yeah. Well, I so I, I, got over 400, I got over 400 miles on a tank of gas coming back fully laden, and I was keeping the Speedo at 70, like as close as I could. Now, you're going over the mountains and everything coming back, so it's kind of hard to do. You do have to drop down to fourth gear once or twice for that little SX V6. But, yeah, it's overall pleasurable ride. Raining like fucking cats and poodles out there. Yeah. The whole That's way back. Supposed to hit us back. in the next day, right? I don't doubt that. Yeah. Although that would be like the weather going the wrong way. You know? uh, well, it's supposed to be coming up, yeah. It is coming up from yeah. the south. Snow tonight. Snow yeah. tonight, huh? Yep. I mean, the Figaro goes home and gets in the garage. No salt on my children. Mm-hmm. So that's a 91. It's a 91 It looks Figaro. like a 65 or I know. something. They, yeah, they are just is. so deceptive. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, coming back here after my second fuel stop, I got a little aggravated. You know, I was trying to beat the clock to get here for you guys. And the uh, some, you know, some guy with you know, his summer teeth uh, <laughs> came up, and he just, you know, summer here, summer there. And a uh, dude rolled up and was like, what kind of little car is that? And I just looked him straight in the face and said, it's a Fiat. <laughs> he goes, I thought it was. And I said, oh, yeah, it's a Fiat. What year is it? 58. I thought it was. Oh, my God. And I was like, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. I said, thanks, man. What do you think it's worth? I said, I don't know. $30,000. Oh, yeah, they're worth some money, aren't they? And I was like, I'm going to hell. But goddamn, I'm going to enjoy the trip. 
But he, so. he should have realized that if it was a Fiat, it, you would have been carrying it in a box in order to put <laughs> it It was far too intact to yeah. be any sort of a Fiat, especially from that era. Yeah. I'm sorry, was it anywhere near moisture? No, it must have rotted out. The hell was salt. Fiats can't get moist. <laughs> They just can't be damped to the least bit. That's the first time I've ever heard the word moist used without it making me go, ugh. <laughs> That's I'm a just rare about a moist fiat. I'm, yeah. like, I'm already there, I just think of cake when I hear that word. Yeah, cake's okay. That's the other way you can say moist uh, without it being disgusting. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what was the worst moist thing I found was the floor <laughs> in my Triumph car? Because it's like cardboard. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. And when I got that thing and I, I pulled up the carpets... And it wasn't even like, you know, oh, there's a bad smell. That car was a parade of bad smells. Like from the, the burning electrical to the whale oil in the transmission and, you know, the various lubrication components that were being burned in the combustion areas. So it was just an awful, awful thing. But I noticed one time I looked on the floor of the car and uh, there appeared to be movement on the floor and it was maggots. Oh. Yeah. And so my, uh, my Triumph had... You know, had grown a new uh, biosphere. Were they eating the dead tissue? Or? I don't know the, the <laughs> tissue of the previous owners. Like, you know, forty years of boogers and like broke. You know, that that might be a good thing. Keep yeah. them there for I'll a little longer. I'll tell you a story about maggots. Yeah. Okay, oh. so the podcast world can't see how big this room is, but yeah, this, give or take you, four thousand square feet. Look at yeah. this entire room. Yeah. Okay, we pile sludge in there. Yeah. Well. One year, these hook-tailed maggots—they're called hook-tailed maggots—and okay. they just spawned in the slot in the dry, called drying beds. Yeah, and they started migrating towards the building. They wanted to get into the building, so you had a. a Four thousand square feet of hooktail maggots marching like a like, like a fucking like carpet. A, yeah, marching towards you. <gasps> Oh, there aren't enough flamethrowers flame in the yeah. world. No, but it is kind of fun to watch them burn when you pour gas in. <laughs> Probably sizzling pop, yeah. eh? Yeah, right. Yeah, I would be. Oh. I would be laying down a hasty defense on that shit. But Most they're called hook-tailed maggots, and they. It just, doesn't even sound good. No. Do they have hooks for tails? I have no idea. Steve <laughs> was like, oh, "Is this a male or a female?" Yeah. <laughs> I sold them down at the market. <laughs> he was milking them individually. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that's that's terrible. So, yeah. It's like a chop. You have pastrami, you know, Uh-oh. nectarines and hooktailed maggots. What I'm happy to say is, though, with this crew of professionals we have here, if you were trying to steal a car and a motorcycle, you couldn't got you couldn't have got them off the back of my truck any faster. Like like, it's nice to have people around that are not generally trying to fucking slow you down. And, yeah, we got that car off of that trailer and that bike out of the back of that truck very quickly. I mean, that, that Harley-Davidson virtually jumped out of the back of that truck. And that's a nice Harley, too. It is a fairly nice Harley, and what I'm very happy about is it started right up and it ran correctly, and I'm very happy with the handlebars that are on it. That The thing, the, the reason I'm going, you know, I, yes, I do not generally like Harley-Davidsons. They have a place in the universe. I'm not ready to buy an Indian. I'm not there yet. But I am ready to buy a police Harley-Davidson. And why police in particular? The handlebars are where they should be. There is absolutely no fucking form over function on that motorcycle. It is purely, how can we make a cop survive an eight-hour shift? Right. And the seat is, oh, God, the seat. 
The seat's fantastic. Yeah, that seat is the, the best. The handlebars are exactly where they need to be. No modifications required for my six foot one shaved gorilla business. So very happy with it's it. It's always funny when you start up a bike that hasn't been started for a long mm. time, mm. It's, and and it gets a little bit wet. Yeah. It smells like a combination of like burning dust, mm. like like yeah. uh, like some type of like like a metal. Like you get this yeah. metallic taste in your mouth. Yeah, it's probably and, the rust and on the, the rings. And, yeah, and, then, <laughs> and oil too because yeah. it's. Because there's can been buy some a little bit. Buy. Yeah. Absolutely. So, but, it's, but every single bike that you don't run yeah. for a while smells exactly the same. They all the make same. that same smell. That's why you can always tell when somebody's like, oh, yeah, I had it running last week. And you fire it up, if they can fire it up. And you hear you get that smell, and you're like, you didn't have that running last mm-hmm. week. <laughs> yeah. Was, I can smell five-year-old gas. It was cool watching it start up, because uh, it, it did take a couple of rotations. To, oh, yeah. It, it, was, it was like when you watch a YouTube video of like a Spitfire starting up. <laughs> <laughs> you get a couple of cylinders starting to pop here and there, and then it and then it gets yes, going. Yes, it did. It was not uh, when I picked it up. It was in a heated building. Mm-hmm. When I picked it up out there in Jersey, it was in a heated building, and so the guy knew I was coming. So he probably you know had a battery tender on it up until the second I showed up, so that when I turned the key on it there, it it looked like it got a lightning bolt up its ass. It just blah, it was like <laughs> I'm running, and then here after being in the back of the truck for you know 13 or 14 hours bouncing around. Uh, in the cold, wet environment, she she gave yeah you're right. Yeah. It was just like a Spitfire. Go 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 go. You're like fucking hand profit, bitch. And all of a sudden, I'm gonna be a motorcycle. I'm gonna be a motorcycle. I'm gonna be a motorcycle. But in the Spitfire's case, the oil has to get up in the rings to give you a little compression. It's like with those oh the old bomber motors where they'd have the twelve like the twelve gauge shotgun shells to fire the cylinders. You know, so they had literally explosive starters. It was very fucking cool. Load shotgun shells into the side of your motors to make it start. So speaking of of rotary motors and airplanes. When I had this job a while back working for um, a websites, the owner was an aerobatic pilot. And so uh, he bought Paul Beard's airplane when I he mean, died. I mean, radial 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 right, right. Because yeah. those radial. would be flying miles. Yeah, right, right, right. Radial, radial. <laughs> but, um, Some, like, so, it's like nine fanboys just creamed yeah. their pants. <laughs> flying monsters. <laughs> but uh, he bought Paul Beard's, who was the aerobatic performer's Yak-54, the only okay. Russian plane here in, in the country. And so I went out there, and we had a meeting and stuff, because, like, mm-hmm. I was in Cleveland. He was in um, an Oregon. And the other guy was in Tennessee, so we all went out to sit down and get shit. Yeah. He's like, "Hey, you guys want to go flying? Okay, let's go." So I went up in Russian Thunder, and we did some aerobatics, which fucking hurts. It what? really hurts. Yeah. It really hurts. But That's here's the best part. Humans. So we do all these aerobatics. He's like, "How you feeling?" And like, I felt interesting. I, I didn't, I didn't yak or anything, but I felt like perfect plane to do it in. Yeah, but I, <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I definitely felt weird. Yeah. But then as we were starting to go back, I started to smell a lot more oil. Okay, and so we were going to go, and he called. We went. We had to go to the aerobatic box, which was 15 miles from the airport, right. so we could do the aerobatics. Then we were flying back, and when we got about three miles away, he started to descend to get into his landing approach, mm-hmm. and the oil smell got real strong, real, real strong, and then it started to make me real queasy. And then Mike, I was in the front, and I started getting really hot. Right. And so he's like on the radio, and I hear him talking. I'm not really paying attention because I'm really trying not to get sick at this point. Crash, crank, imminent crank. Well, no, <laughs> but it has a feathered prop, right? Yeah. yeah. And so he's like, "Okay, we're going to make it." He goes, uh, "Let's strike that." He goes, "We're coming straight in." It's and a variable pitch a... prop, and we are going to put this thing on the ground. Dude, now. we dropped three thousand feet, yeah. and then he slammed the. It was like hitting the air brakes right yeah. before the thing. And when we did that, I heard the motor going. <laughs> And oh. the smoke's coming out and everything. Oh. 
Jeez. we landed and the plane never flew again. Yeah. So we did our backs, whatever. Something broke and shot through the supercharger, which then shot everything through and like knocked out six of the cylinders in this oh freaking Yeah, motor. but the good news is it's your raw part number. <laughs> so can, you know, fucking Russians are all in bed together. Uh, but I have like pictures of this, man. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> that was very cool. That was crazy, man. Uh, I, I have something. So you did do? you? Yeah. Go so ahead, man. Down the street. Your boys at Triumph. Yeah, yeah. Did you see that if you want to go really, really fast in a straight line, they got a new thing for 2019? Oh, the big-ass rocket? Rocket 3. The Rocket 3, yeah. 180 yeah. horsepower? And oh, yeah. I mean, it's that, that's a Cosworth car motor, man. Right. I mean, 2.3-liter Cosworth car motor. Right. Like, it weighs like 42,000 Shoved miles. in sideways. Yeah. And that thing's been on a weight loss program since the day it came out. Yeah. And I think that every Honda, or every Triumph dealer in America... Probably is extremely excited when they sell the you know one or two or three or four that they kind of have to take, mm-hmm. and uh, I've I've known a few Triumph dealers who have had some of those hanging around for way too long. There's no practicality to them, right? Like they don't. I don't know. I mean, have you? Have you it's ridden? a hell of a lot more practical than a Boss Haas. True. I mean, I rode mm-hmm. the first the first generation and the second generation that came out. I went out and rode them, and they're they're bonkers. I mean, they are bonkers, but. If you want to go faster, well, there's about 50 different motorcycles that go faster. Right. You know, and handle better. And if you want to handle a motorcycle, there's about all of the motorcycles. That's my question. What market are they targeting with that bike? A guy that likes to say he's got 2.3 liters between his legs. Yeah. You know? So the guys are really. Dude, that's nearly half of a (laughs) 5.0. That's true. That's true. Probably appeals to the same operator. (laughs) Right? Yeah, you got a point. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. How, How many liters is. A big Harley. Well, there the, that one that just came in today. Yeah, um, that one should be almost two oh. liters. Yeah, okay. eighteen hundred. Yeah, okay. This one is actually you're right. It's a two point five liter this time. So oh, it is two point five now, right? It is yeah. exactly they, they a half made of it, a five point. I'm sorry, they've made it bigger. Yeah, two hundred cc's bigger. That's like the it's got an Iron Duke motor. Yes, it is an Iron Duke motor exactly <laughs> at this point because they were two point five. Two point five liter Iron Duke, and they exactly. littered the floors of GM garages. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's what everything came with. Yeah, and, and got replaced. It's not an attractive bike. It's just what it is, man. I mean, I oh, I saw that. Yeah. I I do feel terrible for the people, but I don't think that it's any worse than the fucking rune, or, or I don't, or, you know, the rune or the yeah, the, the Honda Fury. The yeah. rear fenders, there just were a lot of things that were very fucking polarizing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, but the F six B, they did it right. I agree. I. Again, and it's kind of the same yeah. thing. I mean, it's in the same like line as that. Yep, I would say. But the F6B is a balanced. And F6B nice will dark. darken my yeah. driveway at some point. I pray to God it's yellow. You know, <laughs> I, pr- I pray to God that when the right deal comes up on the right F6B that's lightly crashed, that I'll be able to get a yellow one. Okay. And you know, and I'll have that for six months or whatever until mm-hmm. I realize it was the worst idea I've ever had, mm-hmm. and then I'll move it along. You, yeah. you do have the luxury to do that. Yeah, it's called my job. <laughs> I mean, turning inventory is actually a job description here. Right. And that right. is a big part of it. And it is funny. We have somebody, um, we have a guy who's particularly grinding my left testicle over the uh, F650GS that we have over here. Right. Mm-hmm. The red F60GS. Yeah. And he's just bitch. You know, well, you know, I, you've got it on your cycle trader for 3500 bucks. Yes, we do. I said, but. I said, we have a YouTube video out there where we said we're going to liquidate that bike. It's in my Badass Bikes on a Budget for under $3,000 videos. Right. So you can buy it for three grand. Well, 
what's the best you can do? Fuck you, fuck you very much, <laughs> fuck you, fuck your family, fuck yeah. everybody who's ever spawned you because you don't understand. I said, how old are you? And he says, I'm 51. And I said, shame fucking on you. Right. Here's the rule. I fired the first shot. I said it's $3,000. Right. Now, or I put it on the tag. Right. So if it's on the tag or if it came out of my pie hole... That's my me finding the first shot. Right. Do not ask me what's the best you can do. Because right. that's like saying, how much of my dick do you want in your ass? <laughs> the answer is none. I'd like to reverse roles if at all possible. Right. So I'm not going to tell you how much of your dick I want in my butt. I'm going to say, I've already told you the right. price of my butt. And now you're going to have to counter. Negotiate yeah. for Fuck my you. butt. Don't ask me to do your negotiating for you, dick. Come on, and also, people. you're not going to give up your hand on the phone. Well, oh, you know damn well. Yeah. So he's been in a text war with me since about Maryland, Philadelphia, actually. So yeah, he's been going back and forth with me to eventually. I just told him. I was. I just. I. I just said. I said. I said you don't have the sense God gave a fucking gnat. You're dealing with a trained professional here, yeah. and you're trying to tell me how. Oh well, it's got the lowering kit on it. And if you put the, uh, if you make it the right height, because he's six foot tall. Mm -hmm. So if I bring the bike back up, if I put the bike at, back up to its factory height, then he'll consider giving me twenty five hundred for it. Well, I mean, so tell him it's now it's 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 now it's thirty one because you have to get the links, which are eighty nine bucks. Yeah. It takes seven minutes to put in, but charge him for an hour. So yeah, a hundred and well, so it's thirty thirty. I have the link that I took out of the bike when I made it lower. Oh, mm -hmm. okay, even better. Yeah, okay. So that's that. But now it's a matter of principle. He's telling me how unattractive the bike is because it's lowered. But then why does he want it? Then? Well, the point being, <laughs> it's like you don't negotiate. Hang up the phone, Dick, because as long as you're talking to me, I know you want it. Right. So mm -hmm. if you want to show me how much of a man you are, right. shut the fuck up and do us both a favor. You know? Because <laughs> yeah. right now, all you're doing is showing me your, I mean, you're showing me your lack of intelligence. You're showing me you don't know anything about the way the game's played, really. But And he's telling me, he's giving me text messages about how undesirable the bike is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, only a fucking idiot would be interested in it. Right. You're still there, right, idiot? <laughs> I didn't lose you, did I? And to tell me how undesirable it is, I've had five people come in the shop in the past two weeks that liked it specifically because it was a good fit for them. Mm -hmm. Because when you're five foot four, it can be kind of hard to find a bike that yeah, fits right. you that's over 250 cc's. Right. And it's got the Rotex, which is indestructible. And it's it's the opposite of undesirable. It's right. very desirable for somebody who doesn't want to ride their Rebel anymore. Is it, so. is it me? Yeah. Or I like, say, I like selling what I have. Yeah. I mean, like when I, sell, when I want to sell something. Yeah. But I like saying, we're done here. And just oh. booting some that's, <laughs> That is so satisfying to me because... Half the time I don't really want to sell it anyway, but when the guy's an asshole and you just say we're done here, like go fuck off, it, is. it feels so it's good. A sadomach it's a sadomasochistic relationship because what happens is you start in a sadistic format. You're in a sadistic format because you're like, okay, I got to sell this bike, I got to make money, I got to stay in business, I got people that need to be fed, mm -hmm. and you know what? This is the price we're going to put on a bike, and you know fuck well that that price that you put on the bike is $1,000 more than you paid for it. Because mm -hmm. if it's not, you're a fucking idiot and you need to get out of the business, mm -hmm. right? Well, but have to make money. You have to make money or you're going to do the worst thing you can do for your customers, go out of business, right? 
So you're going to be in a sadistic environment. You're going to say, it's my job to charge you more than I paid because I'm the master of this particular dungeon, and you're paying me to play in my dungeon. And and I could, you're an orc. I had to buy a car, right? My car right. got smashed over there. And so, Boy, did it get smashed. It did. And But here's the thing. So like when you're looking for a used car, right? right. There, it's not like you're like, I want a new Subaru, and you find the nearest Subaru right. dealer, and you go there, and you haggle, whatever. Right. you got to think about what you want. Then you have to find all 50 of them available in 100 different locations. Right. You have to go to all these different locations. Right. Then what's advertised is not really what it is, oh, or the guy's a dick, or whatever, all this right. stuff. It's a huge pain in the ass. Right. So you're offering bikes that are fair. You've been in the business long enough. You have them, and they're all in one place. So you can yeah. come here, and you don't have to do this fucking running around in nine million different places to find a halfway decent bike to get it. Like that alone, and also you have the license to go to the auctions to buy them. You have the place to store them. You've done work that the probably people that have bought to the do. Ducati yesterday, our our nineteen year old Ducati. Yeah, that woman came in and bought that Ducati for her husband for a Christmas present. Wow. Yeah. Oh, nice. Pretty nice. cool. He's gonna be happy with. He's gonna be really happy. Yeah. And she wasn't sure. She's like. Are you sure this is a cool bike? And she had her, like, you know, 17 or 18-year-old daughter with her. And she's a very pretty woman. She's a very pretty daughter. Her husband's an architect at a firm we know about here in town. And so this is a very nice situation. These people mm-hmm. are clearly well well off, and they know what the fuck they're doing. He's 50-plus years old. He's going to have his first motorcycle. He wants a Ducati. Why? Because he's got a fucking Alfa Romeo in the driveway. Mm-hmm. You want to Italian? Once again, that's the masochistic side of the relationship. Mm-hmm. But he wants an Italian bike, and he wants a Ducati, and he wants a first Ducati. Boy, you can't get a better first Ducati than a Monster 750. So, yeah, she came in, and she'd gone on a couple of forums. She chatted with some people on forums and said, you know, is this a good bike to get? She she took a copy of our, took our link to our Mm -hmm. Cycle Trader ad, popped that up, and somebody on the Ducati forum was like, that's a damn good bike with no miles, and that's a very good price. Mm -hmm. So if you can go in there and buy it today, I recommend you go in and buy it today. She came in, and she, I give her credit, she did her very, very best to haggle. And I said, just to, to make us all feel better. I'm not saying whether or not you're good at it, but what I am saying is it's part of my bikes for under $3,000 thing. So the bike was 3800 now it's $3,000. Mm-hmm. Just, I just haggled 800 off it for you. Mm-hmm. Effort free. Totally. I did it. That was my gift to you. But is that 3000 the best you can do? Mm-hmm. And I was like... Now you're on my tits. <laughs> and that's just what it comes down to at that point is people don't realize that that's the point where whatever job you do, I, I fucking love you for But it. let me ask you something. Do you think it's also something to do, not necessarily with her because I don't know how old she was, but some of the old, like, so like if anybody here, like you're younger, but for us, like my dad passed away, but when he was still around a couple years ago, no matter, so we have Google. We have, you can go and figure out what people are paying for them at auctions. You can eBay do this. completed auctions. And you yeah. know, I mean, you know pretty much where the thing lies. So if right. the guy has it for this, you're like, okay, this dude's in it for a thousand bucks. He's making $800 on this. That's fair, whatever. Right. But some of these old cats, like, doesn't matter. I could go into a thing. I can get a car for 800 over what it's worth. This, I, the one I got now, I know the dude made almost nothing on it. And my dad would be like, you're an idiot. I would have, <laughs> I would have, if he was asking eight, you should have offered him four and told him you were walking out. And oh, I mean, he's a grinder. It doesn't work yeah. like that anymore. No, like back yeah. in the 50s and 60s and 70s when they were like trying to get 12 grand over asking for or whatever, right. and you could do the haggle, it yeah. worked. But, oh, I, but yeah. there's too much information now to do that. You know what I mean? Like, so like at car dealerships, they yeah. go out all day long. I mean, they must have some type of program that looks to see what 
what they sold for, right? And what they're asking, and they, the price adjust. If you watch a website, the price adjusts on the website based on like demand for Absolutely. that car and whatever. So how long it's been up? Get, and, yeah. I mean, if you see one that's a good deal, like that Subaru I got for my daughter, I as soon as I saw the price, I saved that page. Yep, I went in there. They, by the time I got there, it was it went up. From seventy eight hundred to eighty six hundred. Suzuki dealers, Suzuki motorcycle dealers, are notorious for having absolutely no observation of uh, map pricing. Map pricing, map MAP means uh, manufacturers advertise pricing, and what map pricing is is in most motorcycle companies, if they say that their motorcycle cost eleven thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars. If your dealership is caught trying to sell the bike for less than that, you will be invited to no longer carry their product mm -hmm. because you are devaluing their market. Mm -hmm. And it's very bad for a lot of people when bikes get devalued. I'm going to give you an example of how bad it can be to you, the owner, when a bike gets devalued. I've got a customer that bought a 2013 Moto Guzzi California 1300. Mm -hmm. when, the bike, when he purchased the bike brand new, I think it was... $14,999. So let's just call it fifteen. dollars What a nice bike he does have. <laughs> and it's a gorgeous bike, and I love them dearly, and they're wonderful. And he put a whopping 698 miles on it before he decided motorcycles weren't his game. Mm -hmm. So his wife called me the other day and said that she was very interested in selling the bike back to me. This bike is 2013, mm -hmm. and they still have about $4,500 worth of payments left. Mm. Now here's a problem. Mm-hmm. Turns out that Moto Guzzi didn't really have a great time selling California customs. Um, they weren't the most desirable bike. A lot of them sat on dealers' floors for years, and there were a lot of scratch-and-dent bikes and a lot of non-current bikes, and a lot of bikes that got released out to the public at like $9,000. Mm -hmm. So there are dealers that were selling brand-new bikes with a two-year warranty fresh out of the crate for nine grand. Mm -hmm. Well, how is she going to feel? With her bike, that's a 2013, when she's called around and there's not a single dealer that will give her more than 4900 for it. Mm -hmm. For a virtually brand new bike, but the warranty's long gone, and it even only has 600 miles on it. Mm -hmm. But they don't want to have it because they can have a brand new one in the crate now, a couple of years later, for $7,400. Mm -hmm. Brand new in the crate with a two-year warranty. It's going to cut your loss. So what happens is they devalued mm -hmm. the bike. Mm -hmm. Now, had that bike not been devalued, if everybody said... Hey, I got one at the auction. I got it for nine grand. We're gonna put it on our floor at thirteen nine or fourteen nine ninety nine, mm -hmm. and we're gonna make a fucking screaming pile of money on this thing to offset the bikes we had to lose a little bit of money on to stay in business. Mm -hmm. We got a chance to get some of that back, but instead, dealers are a ferociously competitive lot of people, mm -hmm. and they're also fucking chicken shit. Because they've got hundreds of thousands of dollars out there with a banknote against it called flooring. Mm -hmm. And they know they're going to be spending 4, 8, 9, 14, 18% on this flooring as it moves along. They want to pay that flooring down as fast as possible. So if they get that bike in their shop for like eight grand, they are going to kick that fucker out the door as fast as they can for ten or eleven. Mm -hmm. They make their two or $3,000. They high-five each other on the fast sale. But meanwhile, the guy that's got the next dealership 20 miles down the road who's got two of those things he paid full boat for, he now has got devalued inventory on his floor. He can't sell his bike come hell or high water. So he's going to have to burn his So he's going to now lose money too. So you can see where one dealer advertising a price 
that's three or four thousand dollars below MAP pricing or MSRP can fuck dealers within a 500 mile radius because now he has established the rule that that bike is worth nine thousand dollars. Right. That like most Honda dealerships maintain the same price. Except for that one in Toledo. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, there's and a that guy. There's always a guy who's willing to stick his neck out to make the sale, and a lot of those guys are doing it based on a trick. And it's uh, we could say bait and switch or whatever the term is. Uh, most people will call it F and I financing and insurance. Mm-hmm. And uh, that trick is all about getting the people in the door, getting mm-hmm. you know asses in seats, getting the doorbell to ring. Uh, door count leads to more sales. So if you can put an ad in the paper. That says that I got a brand new DR650 that you can got, get, and it's a leftover 2017 or a leftover 2018 model, and we're blowing it out. Winter Christmas sale, blowing mm-hmm. it out for forty two ninety nine. Yep. Get down here and get your DR650. Yeah, it's forty two ninety nine. So that means a guy like me is going to call up and say, so forty two ninety nine. That means I bring you four thousand two hundred ninety nine green American dollars plus eight percent for my local tax. Mm-hmm. You're going to sell me that motorcycle. Right? I'll be there in 15 minutes. Well, this is if you get the Suzuki financing, which we get a kickback on, and you add all these things to it. You got to have gap insurance. Mm -hmm. You got to have your, you know, well, you got to sell them on the undercoating. Dave, if you don't sell them on the undercoating, (laughs) you're leaving money on the table. You know? Some of those loans you can't pay off. You watch Fargo. Well, and there's early penalty payments on loans. So there's a number of different ways. And, And if I get into the long and short of, what F&I really is, it can be an extended warranty contract, mm-hmm. it can be a service contract, it can be a customer loyalty program that guarantees you get to the front of the line when you go to have services done. Yeah. So the idea is they get you with that forty-two ninety-nine price point. By the time you get out the door, you're at 6500 and you've purchased a bunch of intangibles. Mm-hmm. So it is better to buy a used motorcycle. It is better to buy a bike two, three, four years old on the open market. You can go get a loan from your bank. Quit using third-party lenders and paying 18%, 12% interest. Talk to the people who hold your checking account number. They know how much money you see in a year. And they will offer you, if it's like my credit union, a 2.9% loan right, yeah, to there's... go buy a used motorcycle from, you know, Harry Dick Cheese out of the <laughs> Cycle Trader or, uh, you know, Scary Mary out of the uh, Facebook Marketplace. And you can go buy your uh, lightly... Uh, Lightly sat upon Moto Guzzi for $9,000, getting a loan from your bank or your credit union. Because a secured loan is better than an unsecured And you're walking loan. in with a check. You're handing right. that person a check. They're not waiting for anything to clear. You don't need to buy at a dealership, says the guy who owns a dealership. You don't need to buy at a dealership just because you're financing. You can finance anything. I mean, you literally can. Now, if you've got shitty credit and you got to go to... You know, Harry's House of Hoopties to buy your thing because he's got this, you know, nobody walks at Harry's House of Hoopties thing going on, which is going to be predatory. buying bikes for 400 bucks and charging you a thousand. And then your down payment is, I can almost tell you, if you go to any place that's got the air of like sketchiness to it, your down payment is always going to be what the guy paid for the car or the motorcycle. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. I watched a thing recently where they kind of put an an ex, they did an expose on these like pay here, buy here kind of places. And on a $2,000 car, in yeah. one year, these guys were making $25,000 because they know that they're going to get one payment. Right. And their contracts and stuff are literally like, if the payment's due on the 14th right. and it's the 15th, we are collecting we're your car. car. So they yeah. get, like, if the car's 2000 bucks, it's a $600 down payment, whatever. 
Yeah. Of course they're not going to get paid on the 16th or 15th. Right. So then they get the car on the 16th. It's back on the lock on the 17th with no work done to it and no. probably not even the stuff removed from it. No. And it's for sale again. And no. they said in a 12-month period, yeah. they can do this 8 to 10 times. And that's because repo men are so good. Yeah. Because skip tracers now have got all of the tools they'll ever need. A lot of these guys have the, the, the GPS things underneath the car. So of course they know they exactly where it is. consider it. Yeah. And, like, we've got GPS systems here in the shop that we use on some of the bikes uh, that are incredibly affordable to run. Mm-hmm. And on my high-dollar items, you know, if somebody's going to take it out on a demo ride, it's going to have a chip in it. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to have a GPS transmitter in it. And with any of these things, I, I mean, I used to go get cars back for money. I'm going to go to the bank and I'm going to get your keys. I'm going to go to the dealership with a, you know, a, an email from the bank that says I'm authorized right. to have the Ford dealer across the street cut me your key for your car. You know what I found interesting this week as I was doing a search for my, my vehicle that I had to buy? Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it's different from this, but I'd go to all these places. And some were shady and I walked away, whatever, yeah. other things like that. But no, I don't know. Maybe it was the white privilege thing, whatever. Yeah. But I walked up with my wife and we're sitting yeah. there. They're throwing keys at you. Yeah. They're yeah. like... Here you go. Take, take it for it. a ride, man. Yeah. Uh, t- yeah. A couple hours, whatever you're going to do, just yeah. bring it back. Do you know why? It is the one thing that you can do, I tell you, as a dealership. Yeah. It is the one thing you can do to lose a customer, is refuse a test drive. Right. And in the motorcycle industry... They didn't even ask for a driver's license. I, know, I could have been like, I could have no, been drunk. Say yes, they'll ask you for it. As yeah. soon as you say yes, as soon as you say yes, you're going to be no, signing. No, I went on to, dude, I tried seven cars without doing anything. I walked up, I'm like, yeah, got, I'm here to I mean, see this you car. you got a good hungry dealer there. But what they're supposed to do is they're supposed to get your driver's license. Right. They're supposed to get you to sign off on a financial no, this was multiple. This sheet. was multiple, yeah. multiple dealers. I went to a bunch of different dealers, right? Because believe me, there's nothing Nobody. better than crashing your way into a sale. Oh, I'm sure. Somebody goes out and whacks your, you know, whacks your bike, whacks your car, whatever. You're, hey, dude, you look at this thing you signed. Yeah. Let me uh, draw your attention to line item 27, subset A, oh, right. subpart yeah, you sub it. B. You own this shit now. Yeah. So, and you know, as as it ha- so happens, we got your so car here. Zero test drive. And we ran your uh, ran your <laughs> card already. In the state of Ohio, they specifically say no motorcycle test drives. Right. Our state specifically says that. It's part of our, our dealer licensing. Um, when you call, if you're a motorcycle dealership and you call your insurance guy, and if you have been lucky enough to be able to get insurance for your motorcycle shop, which is hard to do, because guess what? The shit, the shit falls over, man. Yeah. Uh, the first thing they're going to say is, you don't do demo rides, do you? No, no. sir. Never. And you go, fuck no, that's ridiculous. Who in the hell would do that? But... And then what you do demo rides. What about when a manufacturer comes and does demo rides? Like so, like if Zero comes and they're like, "We're doing zero demo rides." That's not you doing. They have it. a waiver. Okay. We use their waiver. Gotcha. They break my bikes. <laughs> I yell at them until they buy me the parts for the bikes they broke. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's wow. what it is. Nobody ever makes any insurance claims because nobody wants to pay the increased rates. Right. I've had people crash my shit on numerous occasions. I reach into my pocket. Fix it. Right. Right. I reach into my pocket, I pay for it, and I fix it. Hmm. I'm not going to make an insurance claim. You know, I've managed to survive 18 years without making an insurance claim because I know when our store got broken into and I called my insurance agent, I said, purely hypothetical situation. <laughs> Let's just say for the sake of argument, somebody were to have broken into my shop. Let's just say for the sake of argument, somebody were to have stolen my van. What would I be looking at in the form of a rate increase? Mm-hmm. And the answer was I'd be looking at something in the line of two to three thousand dollars per year mm. for at least five years. Hmm. Well, you know I'm not great at math, 
but I can tell you that that's more than I would pay to replace the van. See, I, it, that, that to me, it just seems and like yeah, it's I, kill, such... I still write the giant fucking right. check to the well, insurance company. That's my point. Like, yeah. it seems like such a scam. Like, there's no well, regulation. Well, it is a scam. It. Insurance it's a scam, is but the biggest if your building burns America, down, then right. it's not. I mean, then you're right. you're not destitute. Yeah. I mean, you. It's, yeah. it's like the the insurance is there for the your ancestors thing. voted for a law that says every driver in this state has to have insurance no, I understand on themselves that. and other people and that may, I get and we're that. not a no fault state no and that makes yeah. sense but i think i think the insurance companies when something is not your fault like like you get robbed or something yeah. i don't understand how they and i, I know why they're doing it they want to make money right, I, yeah. right? right. but i'm saying how with all the other bullshit legislation right. that gets passed and stuff yeah. and somebody hasn't looked at that and said that's fucking wrong oh if you're in a motor vehicle accident if you're in a, a motor vehicle crash and somebody has violated your metal mm-hmm. with their metal, do not call your insurance company. Oh, yeah, no. Let them do it. Do not call. Do not give them your insurance information. Do not give them the ability. Because remember, what ultimately will happen is if this, country, if this company, the, the bad guy's company, you know, the guy who fucked you up, if his company decides they just want to lawyer up and be dicks about it, then it will fall upon your company to pay for the damages. Mm-hmm. And that's really screwed up because your rates are going to skyrocket because you were what? The victim. So, yeah, don't call your insurance. when The best thing you can do is get the fucking bike off the road ASAP. You know, Try to paint it with invisibility paint or hide it under bushes or whatever so the police don't come and get super-duper involved. Unless, of course... You need the police to get involved because this asshole wants to flee or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. But the idea is you want to get all their information. You want to take pictures of their driver's license. You want to get pictures of their insurance card. If they violated the law, and I mean if it is beyond fucking the doubt, mm-hmm. I mean beyond a shadow of a doubt, they violated the law. Their bumper is where your back tire used to be. Right? Right. Then, yes, police officers are your friend. By all means, have them write but a they're report. They're still going to ask for your insurance. Of course they are. The cops are. Oh, yeah, with the guy. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah right. you don't have to show that guy shit. Yeah, right. No. He does. He has no badge, no gun. Right. He gets no respect. Right. He fucked your shit up? No, he doesn't get to see anything. Uh, so, realistically, if there is anything that's like, a, oh, I was coming out of this, anything that's on private property, you're in a parking lot, somebody hits you or kind of you know bumps your bike in the parking lot, Man, the rules, most cities' rules on parking lots are let your insurance companies fight it out. Mm-hmm. And usually it's it falls back it's to, good. it's terrible. It's but your really fault, just bad. pay the guy like to make it go away. Well, and this is a big thing, and that's why, like I say, Get him if, to sign if, a, if there's any chance you're at fault, make the situation disappear as fast as possible. Right. Get your ass out of there, get as minimal police involvement as possible, because what's going to happen is they're going to start asking you things about Financial Responsibility Act, information you're going to start having to file an sr22 um your life's going to get kind of difficult and in about 18 months you might not even know it your license will get suspended because when your insurance claim was filed they didn't fill out an sr22 and submit it Mm -hmm. i've had that happen to me before i was the victim in a crash Mm -hmm. some drunk came in the back window of my pickup truck with his escalade um and i was completely the victim the insurance company didn't file the sr22 for the accident there was no FRA, financial responsibility information, for the crash. 18 months later, I'm just driving along like a fucking happy asshole, <laughs> get pulled over for being me. Cop pulls up and he says, well, I got bad news for you, Mr. Waters. Your license is suspended. 
Yeah, How? Yeah, right. How is my license suspended? It's There's 9,000 things I do that you don't know about. Right. But I still have a license due to sheer negligence on the part of law enforcement. But God damn it, how are you? It was a fi- FRA suspension, financial responsibility. Hmm. You didn't file an SR-22. When? When you had an accident 18 months ago. I was the hit-E, motherfucker. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it doesn't matter. Uh. The hit-er's insurance didn't file it, so now you're fucked. And guess what happened? My car got towed. Guess how fun it is to get your car out of an impound lot? Not fun. Not very much fun at all, right? And now you're going to have to go through a license reinstatement fee. Even though you're totally blameless... You're going to spend $250 and wait in the worst line, and, you know, down in Chevy Boulevard in Parma. And uh, it's not going to be awesome. So, yeah, if you can and you don't need to have that kind of stuff, don't have it. Uh, be smart about your traffic crashes. We might be getting a visit. Maybe. Oh, really? Maybe. Stat- oh, really? You sent a status check. For, for the Mecklefresh? Yes. Oh, we could have a Mecklefresh oh, coming in hot. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. You know, uh, yeah, you know when uh, last week, if you're listening to the podcast last week, you'll notice that at some point Chris Smith got real quiet. Well, no, he didn't. He got real loud. And then he got real quiet because he actually disappeared. Yeah, like, down yeah. in the bathroom. He was laying down on the floor over here. Yeah. Um, Bex, what was he drinking? Bex, Bex sent us that sarsaparilla-flavored oh, yeah, whiskey. Yeah. And he just was like, this is delicious. <laughs> and he drank a quarter of that bottle. Oh, okay. Which it must have been 90% Robitussin DM or NyQuil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that shit, I've seen no, water buffaloes fall slower. <laughs> I know. It was like Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom over here. Yeah, that was, was funny. Like, Chris was like, blah, 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 blah. And then, psh. Yeah, he was busting my balls. He sent me, he sent me, during that podcast, he yeah. started to bust my balls. He sent me a text of just his middle finger. Yeah, which, see? like, he never does stuff like that. <laughs> is that like he's some little punk ass bitch, no. like you know, wants to like you know, his mouth's right and checks his body can't cash. He's a fucking <coughs> professional old man. Yeah, right. I'll say it. He's not here. I punch harder than he does. Yeah. The uh, yeah. I mean, come on, man. But he gets his fucking. He gets his sugar. He comes in here and he gets. Yeah. Gets, you know, as we say in the military, he gets a case of the ass. And uh, yeah, his balls get real big. That was fun. Yeah, it is fun. God, it's so much fun. It is funny the things that happen in a podcast. But as soon as they hit that cold water in the bathroom, hey, they were shrinkage. So yeah, we got approved for our uh, motorcycle show booth. I want to make sure you guys know that. So if there's any vintage bikes uh, or bikes that can be convincingly made to be believed to be vintage that you want to have in the booth, let me know, Um, and I'll make sure your name gets submitted, and everybody will get lanyards, and everybody will get a three day pass for the show, and uh, and that's cool. What do you think there's going to be anything interesting this year? Yes, I do. At the very minimum, there will be the ultimate flea circus, which will be Zero doing demo rides huh? on specially modified Zero motorcycles, specifically for people who don't have motorcycle licenses. Oh, wow. Now, wait. I'm going to say that again slowly. Yeah. They are intentionally doing demo rides right. for people that do not have licenses. So a big sign, no license wheels? needed. Right they are going to be they're restricted to a speed of I think eighteen or twelve miles per hour. Yeah. That's okay. a good idea. Yes, it is a damn good idea. Indoor demo rides at the end of January, colder than a witch's tit in a brass bra outside. Yet we're inside the beautiful, salubrious confines of the mm-hmm. IX Center under the metal halide lamps and the warm, warm heat of the tank factory, 
and you can ride around on a zero electric motorcycle and get your shit together. Can I tell you how good of an idea this is? Yeah. So my wife does uh, the Veg Fest, which is like the big veg, like vegan festival, <laughs> whatever, down in Cleveland, or at the as opposed to oh, right. So <laughs> yeah, right. There was a hand motion that went along so, with that. But anyways, so. <laughs> she uses the big like they have. 10, but that wouldn't be a Veg Fest, would it? No, okay. that, yeah. But she they have ten or twelve thousand people in the room, and then so they have the other room next to it that's usually empty. Yeah. So LQ Electric Bicycles was one of the sponsors of the thing. Oh, get out of here! And really? so they actually they worked a deal and got the empty room, uh-huh. and they did demo rides of their electric bicycle at which, the Tank Factory, at, the IX. No, this was at the Huntington Center downtown. Okay. Yeah. So they did them there, and people that had no idea, like people that were like, "What is this?" I, I stood yeah. there and I watched it. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, "What is this thing? It looks like a bicycle." He's like, "Oh no, it's electric, and yeah. you can do this and that, and you can pedal." And so they had they did the modes where like you know you pedal and it's just assisted. Oh, yeah. And so, like these, these like these large people that were interested in possibly changing their dietary habits, yes. got on these bikes that couldn't walk or ride, oh, yeah. and all of a sudden the bikes doing like seventeen yeah. miles an hour, and they're yeah. barely. And they came back and they're like, "I want I one." I need that. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. So I can imagine yeah. that like it's zero, like having fourteen-year-old legs all over again. Yeah, right. So right. I imagine like zero. These people are going to get there yeah. and they're going to hit the throttle. And so apparently at the LA show, uh, despite the fact that they are neutered with an inch of, li- inch of their lives. Um, I mean, they've gone full nerf with these bikes, and despite that, I guess they've screwed two or three of them into the deck. Really? <laughs> like to the point of being like, you know, I'm not saying totaled, but I'm saying dangerously close wow. to being totaled. <laughs> yeah. So, so this person had no concept of what anything was. Okay, like. we've all been there, man. The concrete is mighty slippery. Yeah, it's yeah. polished yeah. concrete. Yeah. It is mighty slippery. Unless they put coke syrup on it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Different thing. The power of Dr Pepper. Yeah. But the, uh, but the, we also know that the zeros are a torquey mistress, right? So they probably have the tor- torque turned down to nothing, right? And uh, and yet still, I'm sure people are screwing those fuckers into the ground. How would so. you do that? What's that? I mean, how would you do that? Ed? Well, so we're going to find out because, of course, <laughs> you're talking to Mister Zero in Cleveland, so yeah. you know at some point, and you're and you are officially honorary Mister Zero in Cleveland. Because the one thing that you have that I don't have when dealing with zero potential zero customers is you have patience. You want to share your zero experience. And I want to be like, ah. Go fuck your head. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. If you're asking me. I'm free to pull that one out. <laughs> look, man. I expect. I'll gladly help them out. I mean, I, I, I like to do that, so I'm. I'm, I'm yeah. Don't do that. It's I love it when people come into my shop that know more about the shit than I do, mm-hmm. because that's the bike they're interested in. So they've only got to focus all their studies on one fucking machine, right. and I got to know about every fucking machine, right. right? So when you come in and you're talking to me about a, a Suzuki C50 Boulevard, I expect you know more than I do. Right. If I know more than you do, you're not a very serious customer, right? Because you're not really looking at that bike. When I go in to buy it. Any goddamn thing. A smart TV, a shotgun, underwear. I know more about the thing I'm going to buy mm-hmm. than anybody. It's like the guy at Home Depot walking up to Ron Swanson. Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 You know? I know more than you do. Right. Don't even don't even get within my fucking safe, safety zone. You are a dangerous thing in the store because you don't know what I do. And that's true. And I they feel literally know just enough to be dangerous. Well, they pull out their phone every time you're in Home Depot, and you're like, "Yeah, I need a quarter inch nipple, a uh, quarter inch to three inch nipple NPT, you know, standard NPT." And the guy's looking at you like nipple, and I'm like, 
And then he pulls his phone out and goes to the Home Depot app. <laughs> National. And he's typing nipple in. And I'm like, oh my fucking God. And porn's coming out. And I'm like, so the difference like, oh, is. Oh, you need a quarter inch nipple. The difference is you're holding a smartphone that's dumber than my smartphone. And you're standing within my air. And you're stealing all my oxygen. Mm-hmm. Get out of my fucking. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, you know, when the dinosaurs were around, there's a lot more oxygen in the air. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Yeah. So I don't need... I, if I'm going to buy something, it is very rare that I need the help of the person that's working there. Mm-hmm. Because for me to make a decision to spend money means that I've already done metric shit tons of research. You, well, know? you also go into a store and you figure, like, like the hardware stores, you have like three guys like in Lakewood Hardware. Yeah. You go there, you know, like two of them are good. There's that one guy that's like, <laughs> yeah. Well, there's always the two guys that actually have worked there for 50 years, yeah. and then they're they're fucking cousin, yeah. Right? Who is like not real good? Like he holds bottle rockets in his fingers until they go off. Yeah. Every shirt he has has like burn marks all over it because he falls asleep smoking cigarettes. Yeah. Those dudes are not good quality people. You know, speaking of those guys, like I've been to a couple of things. You go to like one of these, like like a low chain auto store, like that still just looks like a hole with one door and no windows and yeah. stuff. You know, yeah. and there's like four sixty year old dudes. You in mean there. Napa? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. You mean Napa? Yeah, Napa. Where we are fucking overcharging you like a motherfucker right. on everything, unless you have a corporate account. But here's the thing: there's four dudes standing yeah. there, yeah. helping one customer every three hours. Right? How? How? Because. Buy a spark plug at Napa, it's $9. I buy a spark plug at Napa, it's $2.49. If you have a corporate account at Napa, they bring the shit to your shop in a van. Okay. Okay? I can call right now and I can order a case of brake parts cleaner, you know, the good stuff that gives you cancer. I can order everything and they they show up here and it's like $2.46 a can. Gotcha. You go in there, it's $5.99 a can. Yeah. Right? And you go in there, and the store is very confusing. There's the blister pack items that are like the little connectors you need, and mm-hmm. the little fuse holder, and the little fuckety fuck whatever. And like ten other things, right? And the rest. And there's the like bag. two fuses in a little packet, and that right, costs like three dollars. Yeah. yeah. And then I call them up, and I'm like, I need 276 fucking, you know, AWG fuses or whatever, and you know. That. So they're basically they're a commercial entity yeah. that happens to have a door open. Yeah, they're oh, all, right, they're ultimately there. Those guys are standing there because they're not delivering parts to me at that moment. Gotcha. Yeah, sure right. was like an afterthought. Right. Yeah. If you can think of any shop that says they work on cars, they sell cars, they detail cars. Right. They they change oil on cars. They have an app account. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And AutoZone wants that account and so does Advanced Auto Parts and you know, McChuckle Fucks Auto Parts or whatever <laughs> that Irish company is, you know. That's Napa uh, makes Napa's parts are pretty good quality, I'd say. Yeah. And I think uh CarQuest a lot of the CarQuest stuff's pretty good. I like that. I just watched a test where they competed a K&N uh, automotive air filter against a uh, Walmart air filter. And uh, the Walmart was good for like four more horsepower than a really? K&N. Wow. Yeah. And, it's, and that is the thing about do not dismiss the buying power of Walmart because their oil filters are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, their air filters tend to be fantastic because they have got buyers there that can go and say, because we're ordering 90 hojillion of these things, we want to get a good price on it. And is that the Walmart, is that a brand or what, which brand are you talking uh, about? They call them Super Tech, but it's usually like okay. a Wix oil filter. Okay. So they're so very they, good quality. It depends on who makes them. Whereas too, like a Napa so. oil filter should never be used in anything you own 
and I'm still not willing to trust the KNN race uh, mm-hmm. oil filters mm-hmm. because of the problems they had with the welds failing and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm still like, I don't use KNNs here at the shop for the because of that, because mm-hmm. too many of them have failed. I've seen the proof here in the shop. And then I've also, I don't trust the Napas because I've taken apart some Napa filters where that cardboard core on the in top, in, inside of the filter has completely yeah, the given silver, The silvers are garbage. I've, I've cut apart silvers and golds, oh, both of them. The golds are okay. supposedly wicks. The oranges, I've cut apart oranges, silvers, and golds, and i found cardboard-based material inside of all of them, which the cardboard stuff, realistically, it's not the miles, it's the dates. It's the right. years. Mm. So if you have something that you know the filter's going to be in for more than seven or eight months, damn sure don't put a Napa filter in it mm. because you're liable to be just moving you know, oil distilled pulp around your motor. Mm. Uh, there's very little left of them when we take them out of vehicles that they've been in for more than a year. I've been using uh, the, the high-end... I don't like... Uh, uh, what are the... Or, uh, not K&Ns? The, not the K&Ns. No. Uh, whatever. I, I use... The, no, the, the low-end purulators are garbage, but yeah. the... That new the XL series supposedly okay. has fiber yeah. filters that backflow preventers. Oh yeah, I still swear stuff. by Hypro Filtros. They're inexpensive. We can get them for Parts Unlimited. They they have a model for everything on mm-hmm. the planet, and they tend to be very consistent with their quality. And whether or not they're Aprilia, Piaggio, Motoguzzi, these this company that company is very dickish about the suppliers that they put their Piaggio stamp on, the stuff has to be good. And, you know, that's why for the longest time, what did they spec? They spec'd only AGIP oil for their bikes, which mm-hmm. is now ENI. Um, they're just, they're very particular about their stuff. Mm-hmm. So when I see that there's a Piaggio stamp or a Gucci stamp or an Aprilia stamp on high flow filtro um, oil filters, you know that, that tells me they're pretty good. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. somebody somewhere. Some Italian engineer somewhere said it was well, passable. That's good to know because that's all I've ever bought, and mm. they're cheap. <laughs> yeah, and they, they we use them here at the shop. That's kind of our go-to filter, yeah. and they do they do work well. And we cut them apart, and make sure they're working. They mm-hmm. have a backflow preventer, which is nice. So yeah, it's it, you can't buy one from them without a backflow preventer. So that's a good thing too. The uh, I did I got lazy. Well, lazy as I get. Um, I knew I was going to be making this thunder run on the truck, eleven hundred twenty-nine miles today. So yesterday I wanted to get it in for an oil change real quick. So I went to this um, five-minute mm-hmm. new new chain of oil places mm-hmm, yeah. where they give you a bottle of water, and then they proceed to take you through a strategic up-sales session that mm-hmm. G. Gordon Liddy would be proud of because the amount of deception hidden in their sales practices, practices are fantastic. Um, you can leave there with a $79 oil change. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, is there like a happy ending with that. Like oh, if yeah. you go in there defenseless, like if you go in there and just be like, "Give me what you got," like is that their cost for synthetic? <laughs> no, no, and you know what? Their synthetic is higher, mm-hmm. oh my but God. their base, like you know, their their dinosaur oil based mm-hmm. oil change, uh, and they charge you an extra six dollars and ninety five cents if you go over five quarts. Mm-hmm. So it's an extra mm-hmm. seven bucks per quart over that. If you want the regular oil filter, which turns out to be a, a Walmart Super Tech. Um, then that's the, with the cost. But if you want any of the nicer oil filters, yep, you're yeah. going to spend up to $20 more on that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had to lip, I had to be that guy that went in there and said, 
no, 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 but you can't interrupt their spiel. Mm -hmm. Because remember, these guys are low-wage people. Mm -hmm. They have to get through the spiel. Reading off a card or something? Yeah, they're, they're, and I gotta give the guy credit. He had it memorized. Mm They do the data entry while you're sitting in the car, and they put everything up, and it, it they're pulls pretty nice guys. I mean, there are these guys were genuinely nice guys. Yep. It wasn't a problem there, but they are trained to get the upsell. They're trained. Yep. Yep. They're trained that if you ask, it's seventy nine dollars for the oil change. Mm-hmm. So realistically, I went in there and I did end up spending thirty nine dollars for the oil change, right. and it was funny because. The guy was like, well, you know, I have to ask you. I said, yeah, I totally get it. I was like, the only reason that we're doing this right now is because this is going to be advertised as five minutes but take 15. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I pull it into my shop and do it myself, it's going to take me about 30 minutes, 40 minutes. And right now, I don't have that kind of time. Right. Yeah. I've, so. I've got to the point because, like, I, my motorcycle is in my garage. And if I do my car, I have to do it in the driveway. And when yeah. this weather comes out like this, I'd just rather not do it. Yep. So in the summer, I knock it out. Yep. Now, not so much. It's not worth my time yeah. for the extra couple bucks. But I'll literally go in and be like, air filter's done. I don't need blades. Right. Do, you know, like just give me this oil. Yeah. That we're good. It should be whatever. And like, I mean, it kind of puts them on the spot. And they, this, but at the same time, like you'll get okay. Yeah. And then they just they just give in at that. Well, point. and I they just asked guy. He's like, "Well, your air filter looks terrible." I looked at it and I was like, "You're right. It does look terrible." Put it back in. What does your finest air filter cost around here? And he's like, "Oh, our <laughs> finest air filter is twenty nine ninety nine. I'm like, "What's your worst air filter cost?" And he's like, twelve ninety nine. I'm like, "Give me one of your worst air filters." <laughs> <laughs> Because I know a thing or two about air filters. That one's better than what was in it. Well, that's fine. To do an oil change on my truck, yeah. for me to do the oil change yeah. costs me 70 bucks. I usually figure that that's about right by the time I figure what I'm putting into it. Yeah. And that's me putting, if I'm well, putting full put synthetic into it and everything too, else. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I use Rotella in just about everything that goes in my vehicles. It was funny when the guy goes out there and he goes, oh, he goes, this, this truck takes 5W20. And I was like, not at my house, it wouldn't. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, yeah, I don't stock any 520 at my house. <laughs> well, that's the Rotella stuff so good. So, like, the Yamaha, my, my Super T takes quite a bit of oil. It's like four, whatever. I, don't, I yeah. can't think of it right now. But they have a very specific oil that they want and stuff, and it's pretty expensive. But all the guys figured out that the Rotella diesel, whatever, like the stuff to use. Rotella T6. Yeah, so T6. Your Rotella's. And I will say this, and I know I may have said this before, but here's what I'm going to tell you: yeah. is that I'm, unless I'm horribly mistaken, all of the blends of Rotella mm-hmm. that are available from Shell are JSO MA certified, and that means that they are motorcycle applicable for wet clutches. Right. You can use them in your motorcycle; the clutch will not slip. I can also tell you from years and years of experience with the SVs on the racetrack and everything else that we've never had any problem running Rotella. Mm -hmm. And it is designed to work in a giant goddamn diesel engine Mm -hmm. that goes 25,000 miles between oil changes, Mm -hmm. and it works fine there. It, uh, It does not seem to have any problems running in any motorcycle I've ever put in right. and I do love this stuff and it's I guess it's pretty findable around the world oh god you can go to Farm and Fleet you mm-hmm. can go to Tractor Supply Company but even in like Walmart. South America and places oh, yeah. like that mm-hmm. so like a lot no, of no Rotella the world is goes, yeah. you know yeah. you can yeah. get it in your five quart five gallons oh, yeah, baby yeah. buying a five yeah, gallon five bucket with drugger. a pump on the side um, at my house I've got Rotella in a five gallon pail 
So that's because that is my go-to at the house. I have Rotella Synthetic at the house because when you buy it in the five-gallon pail, it starts to become very price competitive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same with Astroglide. <laughs> <laughs> you just dip in it. You, know, you just separate <laughs> over the jug and you're fine. problem with Amsoil because Amsoil... No, the problem with Amsoil is you have to talk to old men. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking to myself. I've but. never seen anybody that I wanted to hang out with selling me Amsoil. Yeah. Yeah. Usually it's somebody who's like, so I see you got a motor Gucci. <laughs> you ever heard of Amsoil? <laughs> Go away, caveman. Go away. <laughs> We're trying to out. sell the Amsoil. You don't get a break if you buy it in <clears throat> five gallons versus in the course. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. I'm, I mean, I'm not saying, and I'm not and telling I'm, anybody to stay away from Amsoil. No, it I'm has saying you don't proven. get a break. You should. Which, is a, which bothers me because yeah. you should if you're buying five gallons of it at a time. Oh, no. And it's it's the same a, price. Right. It's, it's the same price. Golden Spe- the Golden Spectra was the same deal. Um, you bought, if you bought five gallons, or if you bought 20 quarts, it was the same price. Right. Minus all that amount of packaging, mm-hmm. you know, and they just never got, nobody ever got the memo over there. Right. Yeah. It is the Mary Kay of old men. I mean, that's what Amsoil is. It always has been. I know? love the internet. Like, well, obviously, anybody that, that's ever been on a forum knows that the oil oil threads are the best thing oil and tires. ever oil tires, yeah. Woo! Yeah. But the popcorn. some of the Amsoil great. stuff. Yeah. Even if you hate oil threads, are yeah. very worth reading. Just for the sheer, like if you're bored yeah. on a Sunday well, and you course. can't sleep, it's such good reading. My favorite one is go to Blackhawk Oil Analysis oh, yeah. and read their. They're just giving their analysis of people's oil, right? And they're now they're analyzing it in ways that, like, what there's like 110. Yeah, basically, or something. they're going to tell you how much magnesium you've got in your right. oil. They're going to tell you how much brass, but copper, it's scientific. Et it's broken down. They have, they have. It's 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 scientific enough that they have a, a base and then all everything else. Yes, yeah. and, and there's then, just enough snark in there to make it interesting. Right? Yeah. yeah. Where it's like, boy, I can tell you're the king of maintenance around your around your shop. <laughs> wow. Was this a test? I've never seen oil with 200 million miles on it before. Right? I think the last time this oil was changed, it was still in the dinosaur. Right. You know? yeah. Uh, yeah, there's just enough snark in their reviews or in their write-ups uh, to make it very interesting. Yeah. So, you know, God, God bless you. It's fantastic. I mean, it's it's but, pretty cool. But on, like, all the vintage Honda groups that I follow, they're all, like, Rotel is the way to go. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I just, I'm convinced at this point. If you come out as being, like, a super-duper hater for that, I'm going to think you're a shill for some other company. Yeah. yeah I'm going to figure you got some Amps while you're trying to sell me. Yep. The, uh, hey, speaking of weird things that happen, I sold the PC-800 to this cat from uh, Virginia. Yeah, Virginia, I think, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, really super nice guy, extremely high energy, like, like all the Coke on planet earth, uh, kind of high energy. And he took about a week and a half off my life in the hour and a half he was in my store. But you know, now this is for posterity. Tell us, how does it make you feel? You just removed a year of your life. Um, now he's got an Indian and he's got a Harley Davidson. He's had a, a slew of motorcycles in his career. So you know the PC-800 against the brand-new Harley-Davidson, against the, um, I think it's an Indian Scout mm-hmm. that he's got. Maybe it's a Dark Horse. Okay. Anyway, it doesn't matter. New new bikes, all fuel-injected, all fresh, all ABS, all traction control, all smart bikes. So, so I get this PC-800? phone call. You know, he buys the PC-800 off of me and, you know, is fastidious. Like, everything. He's underneath the bike. He's checking everything. He's just being 
way too involved for a three thousand dollar purchase, right. Mm-hmm. right? And I'm just like, dude, three thousand dollars. Yeah, it's got fourteen thousand miles on it. It's got three thousand dollars on a price tag. Right. I would not hesitate to ride it anywhere. It's the tires Honda. are good, but they're old. Yeah. So that's the problem: is it needs new rubber. Everything else, though, is tippy top. Have higher gas mileage with these super hard tires. Yeah, <laughs> it's got Rotella in it. Yeah. It's got a fresh filter, and the battery's good. So that's really it for three thousand dollars. If you don't like it, yeah, you, know, you can leave. But I appreciate coming out, driving out here, and checking it out. I always appreciate when people come and look at what they're buying because mm-hmm. that tells me they're real. And good is so he takes off, and I get this phone call, man. I I I, I see the caller ID, I see the number, and I'm like, oh shit. He discovered the weak link on the PC-800. Because that's what happens, right? You, you sell somebody a 30-year-old motorcycle, 25-year-old motorcycle. It's worked fine for you for the past 10 years. Yep. Mm-hmm. But uh, now somebody else, he shifts a little went? bit different. What's that? Voltage regulator? Oh, who knows, man? It's like the, the game. There's a weak link, right? Yeah. It's a 30-year-old bike. So my game, my thing is always, anytime I see that number, and I'm like, oh, shit. He had the bike for like four or five days. Mm-hmm. It's been raining for most of them. He just took it out and discovered the weak link. I don't know what the weak link is. Right, it's as much of a mystery to me as it is to anyone else, but I guarantee there's one in every motorcycle. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm about to get blamed for it. Sometimes it's the rider. It's always <laughs> the nut between the handlebars and the seat. And it uh, could be it could be the difference of elevation, the difference of temperature. The it's usually of... the difference of riding style. Oh, that too. If yeah. you have broken in a motorcycle for the past 20 years under your ass mm-hmm. with your clutch activation point, your throttle response, the yeah. way you do things, <clears throat> all that motor has been broken in for the past <laughs> 20 years to be the way you are. Mm-hmm. Now you get Happy Hands Harry on this thing who's doing nothing but putting a front wheel in the air. Or the guy that drags too much rear brake, or the guy that shifts too low and doesn't let the bike run out. Right. All this bike is getting used in ways it's not used to. Different parts of the rubber are being used. Different, you know, the, just the load on the piston for fuck's sake. Right. Everything's different. And old bikes don't like difference. They like it. You know, they're like a 30-year-old guy. They like it a certain way, and yeah. they don't want it any different. And they're going to let you know if it's not the way they like it. So <laughs> the... Uh, so yeah, so this guy calls and I'm like fearing the worst. He just gives me the best phone sex I've had in 20 years. <laughs> God, this guy was the president of the I Love PC 800 Club. Wow. Like he didn't know it before. Yeah, but he is officially the president of the well, PC 800 Club. Is this his Club. first bike that had like wind protection and comfort and things? I have no. You know what? It can't be. But fucking you know, hell, from those two, those two other bikes. The thing's way smoother, mm-hmm. much quieter. It's got a nice upright, right. very comfortable seating position. The brakes, like you said, the brakes are are as Marginal. good as as good as the brakes on those. You could fix them. Oh, John McElfresh. <laughs> oh, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Merry fucking Christmas. <laughs> the dude I sold the PC eight hundred to like out of state called me and just fucking raved about how happy he was with it so it's nice to every once in a while get good feedback on a bike you sold sweet it feels so good dude was in love all oh, cinnamon rolls oh from Ikea, from Ikea. <laughs> that shit's imported for podcast listeners we don't have an Ikea in uh, oh boy in Cleveland or in Ikea depending on where you're from uh, so where's our nearest Ikea like Columbus or yeah. Pittsburgh Columbus Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh Detroit Columbus so they're exactly two hours away from us mm-hmm. but not here hmm? I love your pronunciation Ikea 
That's probably correct, too. That's, I lived in Germany, and that's why we pronounced it there, but, huh. yeah, I know. But everyone here says Ikea. Yeah. Ikea! Ikea! <laughs> yeah. That's a, the Scottish martial art. Fuck you! <laughs> yeah. So that's cool. What you been up to, John? Oh, hold on. We'll, we'll wait yeah, till you we'll come back. We'll wait till you come back. Uh, we'll, we'll wait till you get in range. So, um, What have I been up to? Yeah. Well, about 300 pounds. That's <laughs> 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 stupid, whatever. Uh, I just got back from McJames's Sports Pub or what? whatever. Yeah. Yeah, people from work, you know, the. Terrio Chuckle Fucks. Yeah, yeah, Terrio, yeah, pretty much. That's what it was. They had the apple pie moonshine shots, so. That was good. And what'd you guys talk about? Yeah, work, stuff like uh, that. Okay. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Oh, remember that time when. Whenever... Oh, this was the work party? Yeah, like uh, the old people that I used to work with. You... Uh oh. Whose fucking alarm is going on? Probably yours. Probably press the button while you're trying to open your beer. <laughs> and he did. And they're off. Mystery solved. <laughs> it is a twist off, Dan. Hey, oh, and by the way, for the record, just so podcast listeners know, this is the official end of my last summer beer. That is the last Bell's Oberon that just got opened. Oh. oh. Yeah, you can drink a Christmas sale in July, but there aren't too many Bell's Oberons left at Christmas. No. No, yeah. no, that's a hard uh-huh. one. I found a good one. Uh, eight crazy nights. Eight crazy nights. Yeah, eight good, crazy yeah. nights. Yeah, it's who uh, Collision Ben makes it. Yeah, so it's a Hanukkah beer. Yeah, right. So it's very good. Yeah. Plus the food first? is fantastic. Oh really? They yeah. make French fries with cabbage, pulled chicken. Some type of something else in it. And yeah. I, I mean, there's some other stuff in there. I don't know what it is. That sounds fantastic. But it makes it really. But it's really good. They make stuffed meatballs, and they have uh, uh, chicken livers, and so we ate at IKEA. Yeah. And I got the meatballs. Sure, that's what you get, you know. Yeah. But instead of the mashed potatoes, I got French fries and had to put gravy all over oh, that. Poutine, baby. Yeah, I poutined it. it Do that delicious. Canadian style. Yep. Well done, sir. Well done. A. Eh? Okay. Uh, What'd you guys talk about tonight? We were talking about all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Motorcycles or other stuff? Yeah, we did some motorcycles. Oil. Yeah, we did that. Oil. 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 Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> no, oil. What the hell could you possibly have to say I, about um, oil? I know that. I mean, I know that Nick brought in some electronical goodnesses, but I brought in some electronical goodnesses too. I know that some people may have wanted to hold these in their hands just to experience the the splendor. That is electrical connectors, solder seal wire connectors. Oh, you got These, some of those. I bought things. some of them, so I wanted to see them. Um, they come in a variety of pack from those uh, um, those the the tribal people of the Amazon. And, uh, uh, yeah. I am somewhat familiar with this. Wow. Is what I think we were just had a conversation with mm-hmm. Vin, Vinny, who has thirty years in radio electronics and okay. everything, and we yeah. were talking about. Connectors, and we use a ton of just stupid ass butt splices right, and yeah. stuff like that. And everyone likes know, a good butt splice. How can we make a million dollars coming up? And he's like, "Well, the best one you can get yeah. are these ones that they use in the military and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And you basically put the two wires in there, right. you hit it with an infrared gun. Yes, the solder melts, yep. solders it together, and then immediately heat. Then you hit it with another gun or something, yeah. and then it heat shrinks it. So this does all of that. Now you could you could use a, a standard uh, crack pipe lighter. You could use your heat gun. What's the temperature that this will melt? Pretty low. 
Okay. So, so I'm if not you have gonna, a 400 degree heat gun. It would yeah, not I'm not going to go as far as to say it's match solder. Okay. So you old fuckers know what match solder was, but uh, it's not match solder. It's a little bit hotter than that. So um, I would say torch is probably the best way to good, get a good result, or a damned fine skippy heat gun. Mm-hmm. So um, I've used a few of them. They work very well. All you got to do is um, strip the wires. You know, strip a very small portion of the wires and then slide them into the holes so they're docking. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you don't need to crimp them. You literally just get that thing in front you of the heat gun. Them overlap them. them, yep, or run them into each other. Yeah. I mean, this isn't going to be a. This isn't going to be a uh, well. Uh, a mechanical uh, connection. This, yeah. Thank you. It's it's not going to be a uh, an AT and T splice or anything fantastic like NASA that. Sp- NASA splice. NASA where they splice. twist them together. And- yeah. Well, you know, I didn't. Uh, so in the military, they taught us it wasn't the AT and T splice. It was something else. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Motorola. So what does this yeah. box of uh, goodness cost? Uh, about 29 bucks. So you shop around for them, and basically what you're doing is you're buying them by quantity. Yeah. And uh, that one is, I think, 200 pieces, around 30 bucks. Uh, and why the reason I got that is there's four different sizes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I wanted to get four different sizes that will handle things up to about, I think, 12-gauge. Um, so, yeah, so it'll go as small as 10-gauge, or as big as 10-gauge. So from 28-gauge all the way... Um, up to 10 gauge and those are very handy to have around they make the the wiring job so much better and i just don't like a crimp on butt splice in general it's just never been a thing for me and i've got some very expensive crimpers and i still don't trust them even with the spike you know the ones that have the the penetrator in them i don't care for them i know you guys were interested in these um this was a nice this is an, an economical little honey i found you're like is, you're just hit, you're hitting on everything that I, I've been talking about at work. Yeah. Because and I'll let you go with this. Somebody Nick. open that. Nick, I'm giving that to you for opening purposes. So I know Thank what you. that is because I've been researching yeah. and trying to get the city to buy these for our, our units and stuff. Um, if you're going to buy the power distribution blocks, and I've mm-hmm. looked at three or four of them, and this is the one I think I like the best. It's very low profile. It uses the standard fuses, the standard flat blade fuses what? that everybody knows. 10, 15? The larger size. Okay. Um, well, these can do any. No, you can do whatever you want. want. Put in them. Okay, yeah, yeah. But what's nice about these is they have an LED tattletale light. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I like the fact that it has an LED tattletale light built into it. Yeah. So the LED tattletale light is going to tell you optically you don't need to pull the fuse out if the light is out the fuse is blown so that's the led fantastic. is on the hot side yes the led is so on the hot side if you test exactly. the fuse you can test it this side's yep. hot if it's blown this side won't be you don't need a they meter. put an led on that side yep. you don't even need a meter you don't need a like meter that. you can just and look at it and see if it's this there. distribution that block has the most essential thing which for whatever reason it has escaped <laughs> the people the upfitters who are doing the cop cars yeah. It has a cover. It has a cover to keep a the debris cover. out. Yeah, exactly. Right. To keep the coins from going in there and shorten the shit out and of it. And that's exactly what happens is we have these things mounted in the center console. And then Every chips copper and goes, french first fries. Thing they do, first thing they do is pop the cup holders out yep. so they can fit their big gulp in there. Oh, yeah. And then they set their metal cups or coffee and cups. sloppy shit and shorts that out. Right on top of all those. Yeah. And they dump shit in it and it's just like, you know. Yeah. You the know other what, thing that what they, would fit great in here? Hmm. A turn signal relay. Oh, turn signal relay! Exactly. Like He's all right. One of uh, one of Nick's should be patented. Built into the fuse. Uh, built into the standard blade fuse. Turn signal flasher. Mm-hmm. The other so, beautiful yeah. thing about Shameless that self is that it has screws instead of 
spade connectors. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, so exactly. you put a ring connector. Put a ring on terminal it, on it. So yeah. nothing's going to pull off yeah. of it if you're moving around and pulling on. You know, your. I've looked at a few of them, and that is an Amazon item. We'll put a picture in the show notes of that item. How much was that? Uh, nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Nice. And I did some comparison shopping, and that one is six channel, so mm-hmm. that has six separate fuses. Uh, there's no reason when you've got that. It's smaller than a pack of cigarettes, so it should be able to fit anywhere on your bike. It's got a decent size positive terminal, so you should be able to get something in there that's like a 12-gauge wire so you can get a good, nice, safe amount. Because when you're adding any power to your motorcycle, the size wire that you are going to be bleeding power off of your battery is critical. If you try to get away with a thin piece of wire or a particularly long run for a particularly heavy load having six different fuses on there up to 30 amps a piece, um, what's going to happen is that that main lead that goes to your battery, too thin, that's going to become a fusible link. Okay, And that's going to be your failure point. So plus it causes everything else to work harder. Do they have a three channel version? Yeah, they have a they have everything from one to twelve. Okay. So then yeah. you could run like your ignition switch keyed into mm-hmm. the three and you oh, sure. get, yeah, yeah. Right yep. And so yeah, they do The only uh, thing I don't like about that particular one is your cover doesn't also go over this post because yes. that's a common right. thing. That is yeah. a common shortcoming. But yeah. like you get the little uh, red little tip things that come on the oh, tips yeah. of stuff and put something over that. It's well, nice you, get, you get your liquid. You get your liquid uh, electrical tape and just yeah. dab it on there. Yeah, yeah liquid e tape is a great thing. Or that stuff you put on wrench handles. Yeah. Oh, that stuff rules. The dip. Oh, that yeah. shit works good. And it's nice they give you a courtesy pack of some shitty Chinese fuses to go with it. So that's kind of cool. They were looking at using this thing called a mobile mount. Which is a thing that has like some logic in it. Uh-huh. Only had four circuits. Okay. Now it, it is kind of cool in that it, it offers a timer thing, so that once you lose ignition, that they'll stay on for. Oh, a while. really? But it was two or three hundred dollars, and I'm like, Damn. all you need is this. They this wanted something clean. that would centrally locate some of the various devices, and you know, inside like a fire truck where yeah. there's mm-hmm. battery chargers, flare yeah. chargers, this charger. They wanted to bring everything into one place, so mm-hmm. when something goes out. They can look and pull the pieces. Right, right. Sorry, that's the sound of unboxing. Mm. Uh, next on our you list. Got next on our Amazon list. Amazon LED. Yeah, so we went, uh, I looked at some different stuff. And um, so in case you guys are wondering, my KLR project, you know, the, the low budget, the low budget, no budget KLR, um, it's being, you know, it, we want it to be a woods bike. So I want it to be the bike that I can take places and not worry about it. And not even think about it. And if it falls over, it falls over. Yeehaw. So uh, those are two different speeds. Those have <laughs> low and high. So Pretty that's good. low. Yeah. Um, so Pretty the I've got some floodlights on up on the uh, Bark Busters. I figured the Bark Busters is a nice place to mount things. It's a good rigid uh, mounting point. Uh, and then we got the crash bars, courtesy of... SWMO Tech or uh, in John's garage, and then <laughs> those uh, lights give a little extra crash protection too. The, the tree's got to go through the, the light. tree's got to go through the lights. To get my the hand. <laughs> yeah, that's right. yeah, and so yeah, the idea is we're trying to just make the bike as battle hardened as we can, so that if the bike does, you know, if it falls in a twenty foot crevasse, or if it hits a big redwood, or if it uh, falls off the back of my trailer, it will still be a motorcycle. And so going down the road, they won't know much? if it's a semi or a motorcycle. I think these projector beams were, these LED projector beams, which is, uh, 
This one was harder than I thought to find. These are Lillas, L-Y-L-L-A. Do those have a handlebar mount, or what is that? Looks like it. Yeah. These have just a, a U-bend. Um, I'm not going to go too deep into them because I, I'm not necessarily going after these for the high-quality thing, but what I did like about this kit is this kit doesn't come with one but two separate handlebar switches. Huh. So that is going to save you some time. Because it's got two separate handlebar switches. Are those U-brackets on there? Are they metal? They look to be aluminum. Okay, and these look to be aluminum too. And I would say I use the term aluminum carefully. I'm going to probably go with chinesium. Chinesium? Yeah. I don't like how the screws that are tapped into it yeah. are actually protruding. Oh, yeah. And so when you yeah. go to bolt it to it... It's, it's going to be yeah. slipping and sliding on those fuckers. Yeah. yeah. And then on this thing too, the switch on this looks like the business. I mean, it looks like your standard Japanese... Yeah. On-off handlebar do that switch. How's it feel? Like it's no, it feels like little tykes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got yeah. a plastic lens. In the yeah, light. plastic yeah. lens. The lens yeah. has got a, right. The light's got a plastic lens. So these were very inexpensive. Probably were made they in like the three to two hundred to three hundred dollar range. No, like in a thirty to forty dollar range. <laughs> okay. So I did. This was purely experimental at this point. So we'll figure out what the fuck they're good for if they're good for anything, and then we will shout loudly. What they are? Uh, There's guys that I, I've seen these things used all the time on guys on on, on Adventure Rider, and they work great. I mean, like the, the, you know, they're going to last until you really go down. Yeah, exactly. And, but right. for thirty bucks, then you just buy a new pair, you slap them on. And you, you need to mount one right on top of your helmet, so wherever right. you look. I think that I well, I do happen to have a particularly good headlight <laughs> right. that is a uh, you know that's a good solid twelve volt headlight that I know you know will give me light where I'm looking. But the problem is, if I'm riding with anyone else and I look at them, now they have no night vision. Mm-hmm. I'm aware of that. You are. I'm very much aware You've of played that. this game. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Phil. Fuck you. Oh, don't, look at, don't look at me. Don't look at me. Don't you look at me. I know what you're trying to do, but don't you look at me. Suck yeah, on this. Yep. Are you watching a blue velvet? Don't look at me. Uh, so, yeah, that is, uh, that is definitely one of those things I, I really... I want to make sure that the bike's got enough light because I tend to like to play around in the dark. And I also want to make sure that the bike is, is durable enough that it can get a, a little fucked over. Yeah. And ideally, I wanted to go into this project. To, I wanted to find an XT225. Okay. So I wanted an electric start Yamaha. Yeah. I fucking looked at five or six of them, and man, they had all been ridden hard, put away wet. Mm-hmm. There was not a good... Nice, reasonable $2,200 XT225. So, I couldn't get an XT225, so I got another KLR. On what you brought. I know. So, we'll see. And if this one's... If this turns out being way more beef than I'm ready for, once I get out and play in the woods a little bit... I mean, I'm a, I'm a larger-than-normal-sized guy, so larger-than-normal-sized bike. But the uh, I do have a KLX... The KLR 250. I saw well. you dusted that off. Yeah, I went out and fired that up. Just because it hadn't fired a shot in anger in a long time. But it's one of those uh, 1990 military uh, Marine Corps 250s. One of the ones that won the trials. So, yeah. The only thing I could say about riding my KLR in the woods and stuff like that and doing trails and stuff is just gearing. Like, yeah. it's... First gear is your first gear a lot of the time. Like it's you're not first and second and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And no. It's got a lot of power and everything, but it's just not really set up. You're gonna work the clutch on a KLR. Yeah. Because the on gear first gear is not real low. 
on like a really steep hill climb. I've yeah. had it where it like bog like if, as soon as you let out you don't have that capacity to let off work the throttle. It's funny that the you military have to get full ones, beans, and as soon as you let off, you might actually have to like slip the clutch and, oh, but, yeah. and then break it loose. Like, you got yeah. that sacrifice, but you could ride it to the trail. You yeah, absolutely. Where like any other trail bike that could actually rip that your trailer. Yeah, they could fix that. They could make that first gear lower. Just like it's the same on the Africa Twin. They need. Du kan hash sprockets. Look, man, <laughs> there's fucking books full of sprockets. Yeah. There, it, nobody put a shaft drive on that bike. Mm-hmm. You put a shaft draft on a bike, you're fucked. Whatever it is, it is. If any bike has sprockets, it can be the dumbest wheelie factory in the world. You know, bandits that are used for uh, wheelie rider training, wheelie school bandits. Or it can be, you know, turning 2,300 RPMs at 85 miles per hour. CT200 had the best system. CT200. With the two sprockets. Oh, the double sprocket. And then it unbolted, and then it had two master links, and you remove that one piece of chain. Yeah. No, it went not. I disagree. I disagree, too. High, low range, baby. (laughs) I would take the CT90, which doesn't have that. It has a lever, which you flick. I know, but you're not going to get that on a KLR. CT110. Let's put a dual range tranny on a KLR. That'd be beautiful. They put a dual range tranny on a CB900. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, don't say that size is a problem if they put that. It's probably weight, though, isn't it? I'm sure it is. It's the simplest thing if you've ever taken one apart. It's just the it's the cogs. You move it, just moves it, slides over. Oh, it's not. It doesn't really do anything. Well, yeah. Why don't there's you no do that? They've done it to a ton of bikes. I just you know I don't there know. hasn't been a, a a dearth of there hasn't been an absolute shortage of ten speed motorcycles on planet Earth. The thing is, they were weird. You know, the high low range transmission thing was weird. You know, your shifting assembly. Yeah. Um, not all of them were devout. You know, shift. Low, you know, you have low range that gets you up to 85 miles per hour in five speeds, and then you have high range that gets you up to 126 miles per hour, 140 miles per hour, but doesn't get out of the hole real fast. So there was some combination of both that worked very well. But I've played with them a number of times, and they've always just been, you know, what was the everybody just leaves them in high range. What was so? What was the point of like a, a CB900? So you that? could they could for a very short while. Honda had the fastest motorcycle in the world. Uh, Terminal velocity. Mm -hmm. But also, due to that short-range transmission, they also had a bike that got out of the fucking hole like it was on fire. So you could have the thing in the low range of the transmission box and go from 0 to 30 in one nanosecond or make a quarter run Mm -hmm. and do it a very impressive quarter run because your gearing was so damn low. But hit that pedal... And it was just a shifter like the existing shifter. It was just a sub-shifter. It was could just could you shift into it while you were riding? Yes, or, oh, okay. absolutely. Wow. You, could, you had your choice of 10 different gear ranges mm-hmm. with a certain degree of overlap. I'll, I will tell you, it was as diverse of a gear range as a 28-speed or 27-speed mountain bike mm-hmm. where you have you know, nine, chain, you know, nine gears and three chain rings. So there's going to be some overlap in yeah. there. And that was the same way with the 10-speed. I've ridden a lot of them, played around with a bunch of them, and they did the 10-speed as the CB900, they did a CB1000 as a 10-speed. And, yeah, you could play, you could sit there and play with the gearbox, and you could do first, second, high range, so you could go out of the hole, whoop, first gear, out of the hole, second gear, that's low first, low second, and then shift your selector cog to go into high range, 
second, mm -hmm. and then use the rest of your gearbox in high range, okay. which would then take your top speed out to a mechanical 145 or 150 miles per hour. So it's basically a six speed. Yeah. And that, yeah. And that way you, you're using it there at six speed. It would be impractical to go one low, one high, one, two right. low, two high, like a 10-speed gearbox in an a 18-wheeler. This is random, but this is, also, this is something that I was thinking about while I was driving up here. What is each of you guys' preferred number of gears? Ooh. Because, that's a good debate because question I was, right there. Last time I rode the Bandit, I was thinking about it. I was like, six gears, that's kind of a lot. <laughs> that's too many. Yeah, I'm, I'm constantly shifting. Four, four. four or five? Four. When four? I'm riding my zero, it's one gear. Well, <laughs> honestly, that's the perfect number of honestly, gears. Honestly, though, it depends on what the ratio is between it's them. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. like, if it's, like, a it's five just, speed with a six speed overdrive, so, like, yeah. like on my, my, my Super T, if I'm in town, I'll never go over fifth gear. Right. But if I'm on the highway, six gear is the gear. So it's like it's it's one that doesn't get used unless you're on the highway, and then when you're on the highway, now you're just cruising at 3,500 or 3,800 RPMs at 60, 78 miles an hour. Right. Or whatever. Any any. So on that bike though, your your sixth gear is a true overdrive. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if it's considered that, but that's the way it's working. Well, like on your bike, you'll it's, be it's six, definitely not. No. You're in sixth gear. <laughs> yeah, you're in. So you're just wasting yeah. you just wasting an extra shift where right. the so fifth was pretty just much. As high as I, six. When I'm on the highway at 70 miles an hour, it's still at like 8,000 RPM. Sure, um, and. I found that what well, and so that's all six gears, right? Yep. But like the SP two hundred that I had, or the SP two fifty I had before that, like I always wished it had a six gear, but I wished it was you know an overdrive, right? Yeah, yeah. Or, or do you wish that the top ratio is just higher? Right. Well, I've me I've messed with you know sprockets and right. stuff, but it always ends up being a little bit too slow off the line at that point. Right. And that's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. And that's yeah. where... But with six gears, yeah. I should be able to get the right... I mean, and it depends on what you're using it for. If it's a dirt bike, mm -hmm. and they should make that first one low. They should make that sixth one high. Right, yeah. And then then the middle could be wherever. If it's a street bike, you can easily get away with four but gears. High gear should usually be a one-to-one. -one. I mean, for a cruiser. Right. But dirt bikes have this. So, like, they speaking. have. Yeah. So, like, the difference between a lot, like, when you go to KTM or something, the difference between a good trail bike and an enduro is that the enduro has a wide ratio yes. gearbox. Exactly. So, you have the six gear to get where you're going compared to, like, just a big bunch of stumpy gears mm -hmm. to ride a trail. Mm -hmm. you yeah. Know? yeah. And that's, I mean, that's been, it's been the problem for many, many years. And what's worse is we have been Americanized. Mm -hmm. So, the Americanification of what happened to us as riders is. Very few of us have resisted the temptation to diesel these bikes, which means going down the freeway at 70 miles an hour expecting this, the tack to be at 3,800. Mm -hmm. And it happened. I mean, I'm guilty of it. I ride the Versus. When I ride the Versus 650, I look down. I'm going, you know, 75, 80 miles an hour. And I'm like, the motor's spinning. It's spinning like, well, oh, it's spinning like a Japanese motorcycle. Mm -hmm. But we've gotten to this point now where every car we drive, in order to make the cars efficient, now they have a 10-speed gearbox or a 6-speed yeah. gearbox or whatever, and they're operating at 2,300 RPM to give you 75 miles per hour. Mm -hmm. So when we get on our motorcycle and our motorcycle is giving us 6,500 RPM, uh, people are complaining it's too high. We went through fits. The Moto Guzzi uh, V7 Mark I had a 5-speed gearbox. And at 60 miles per hour, you're turning 4,500 revs. Mm. It came out with a six-speed gearbox. And at 60 miles per hour, you're turning 4,500 revs. Mm -hmm. 
They're identically the same. Yeah. Your terminal gearing is within, I mean, not even within a tooth of each other, right? So the ratios were so tight, the difference between sixth gear and fifth gear, on a six-stack bike, what you ended up with was, like, we were joking, we're like, you ended up with like a 2.5 gear, right. right? So to the buyer, though, six speeds is better than five speeds. And the funny part, you nailed it with the American thing. So the NC... NC700X that I had, and now the NC750X, it has a, the red line is 6,000 RPMs, right? right? Yeah. I think maybe 62 or something like that. Yeah. But, so everybody that rides it that, like, is not already a fanboy of it that likes it for the right. gas mileage and stuff. So I was like, oh, the red line's too low. Oh, yeah. It's a great bike except for this. Right. You so can't somebody, rev it out. Right. So somebody yeah. literally, there was a whole discussion on this one thing, they're like, what if we just made a clock that, like, said <laughs> nine or 12,000, but it was just it just doubled the RPM. Right. It doubled so the it's RPM. Like, it's a real fast revving right. bike. Yeah. And then guys would be like, oh, well, that's fine, because I, I, it redlines at, at, you know, 12,000 RPMs. I mean, yeah, I mean, those derbies and stuff, they redlined at 20,000 RPM. Right. You know, right. so the, the motors can hold together, and that's just, you know, we have achieved that point of engineering where motors can hold together at 20,000 RPM. Mm-hmm. It exists. And they can ride all day at 8,000 Absolutely. RPM. And that's RPM. And that's really what it is. With his Bandit, yeah. with your Bandit 400, I don't think there's any problem. Now, if I ride that bike around at 8,500 RPM, I'm going to feel like I need to change oil every 17 minutes. <laughs> yeah. But... Um, it probably doesn't. It's probably absolutely fine. Yeah. Our our little kick-ass CBR400R that we had, that, that Japanese import, that thing loved to spin out. And, yeah, at 75 miles per hour, it was really throwing down the revs. But it never bitched about it. It was a VTEC motor, and it loved spinning. Mm-hmm. It just thought spinning was the coolest thing in the world. ruckus. Yeah. You know, CVT, that thing's right. spinning at... Yeah, eight thousand. It's RPM. always spinning always at eighty two hundred yeah. RPM. Yeah. Yeah. Always. So yeah, they're they're durable. They mm-hmm. last for a long time, and they're always had. It's an excellent point. Yeah. yeah. So I guess just how you, you what you designed. Do I think it's probably worse to lug a bike than it is to spin it out? And that's what actually, yeah. we're seeing a lot of that at the shop. So what we're seeing a lot of is we're seeing evidence of guys that are lugging their bikes. So we're seeing a, a shit ton of blow by. We're seeing a lot of evidence of bikes that aren't being spun. And we're seeing spark plugs that, that are just carboned up like crazy. And I think the combination is overly high-octane fuel, because I want what's best for my baby, and shifting, short-shifting these bikes so they're not spinning out. So you're never getting your cylinder pressures or your cylinder temperatures or anything up to where they should be to clean the spark plugs. So the spark plugs... The heat range on the spark plug is the range at which it cleans itself. And if you're running around and you're putting NGK B9ES plugs in your bike, which is a very, very cold plug, it needs to be run at very high temperatures, at very, very high operating speeds for it to clean itself. So if you've got nines in your bike, but you're driving it like everybody who rides a Harley around here, which is putty for putt-putt, Fucking take those nines out and put sixes in there. Put sevens in there. So at least they'll have a chance to clean themselves and you won't get poor performance as the plug is fouling out, you know, 27 minutes after you put it in. 
There's right. nothing better for the top end on your bike than to take it out in the highway and airplane it out for like three or four hours. Italian tune-ups. I mean, like, yeah. I did the Lake Erie Loop, and I would come back afterwards, <laughs> take the spark plug out, and you look in there, the whole, like, the valves, you can see they're tan, the top yep. of the piston tan. Yep. There's no carbon. There's no, it's blown out. It's blown That was, out. you know, at 10,000 yeah. 10, RPMs for yeah. 12 hours. You want to no know what carbon. a plug is supposed to look like? That's what a plug is supposed to look like. <laughs> I mean, I mean, don't like it if you don't beat on them. I mean, they it's, like to get beat on. It's so. a very, very weird thing, but yeah, when you think about it, at that velocity—I mean, mm-hmm. the oil is actually f- got to be just like flowing. Like mm-hmm. I would hope, you're not going to yeah. get sludge in your motor. Yeah. You're not, you know, what unless I mean? you're like, burning, unless it's going out the tailpipe or coming out your breather um, due to overpressurization. Mm-hmm. But I, I would tell you that if you're lugging your motorcycle all the time, you pull your spark plugs out and they look real black. Um, you need to change your change your heat rating on your plugs. Uh, that's Take always a trip to Toledo and back. Yeah, or go out and, and l- use some of that RPM range. You know, don't short the, shift it. That you know that stretch of the road that certain people in this room use to air out their bikes on a, every morning <laughs> on the way to work. Well, they they had a thing on the news this week yeah. at the North Ridgeville. Police department caught some kid doing a hundred on that road. Oh, really? Oh, and he made a big deal. I, I, s- I saw and that. Heard, like yeah. I'm, I could be at your parents' house telling them that you were dead and all. Because he was going hundred. Yeah, because yeah. he was doing hundred miles an hour. I'm thinking, you better. You're not there every morning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the VFR can do that in less than one quarter of a mile. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's it goes like, 135 in the quarter. Yeah. So. At the time I'm on that road, there's nobody on that road. There's yeah. not one headlight. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I I did get pulled over one time for excessive speed, but it was you know one of those two thirty in the morning kind of things, and the guy was like, "You better not be drunk." I was like, "No, I'm sober as a judge right now," and he's like, "So what are you doing?" I'm like, "I just I just need to I got to spin this bike up." It's customer's bike, and he's got a problem that doesn't develop itself until over, you know, 95, 100 miles per hour. There's no way I can test that. Mm. Like, if you brought your bike to me and you said it had a problem at 95 or 100 miles per hour, guess what I have to do? Mm. Become a felon. Uh, Or I'm just going to tell you I can't work on your bike because I can't can't test what you need. That cop pulled me over, and he was very, very gentle about it. He was very cool about it, and... Made sure everything was legit. And as soon as I saw his lights, I pulled over. Mm-hmm. Like, as soon as I saw him pulling out, I was already at the show. Yeah, that, that says a lot. I was standing there. I had my helmet off. I had my license out. I had my business card out. Mm-hmm. The whole thing. And the guy walked up and I said, I am testing a customer's bike. I wanted to do it when there were no cars on the road. Mm-hmm. And he gave me some shit. And I said, if you brought the bike to me with a problem, you would want me to test it. Since I can't test it here... That's why we're having this conversation. Where would you have me test it? He goes, I don't care. It's not my problem. I was like, good answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair, fair. You're not a problem solver. Right. No. It's not no. a job. No. You're not a problem solver. Yeah. You're going to point out the problem mm-hmm. and try to charge me a lot of money for it. But he did let me go. I'm no. a problem charger. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to make your problem as expensive as possible. What did you bring us, Nick? You brought us some small, some small devices. Oh, this is. Remember a couple podcasts ago when I said I was going to design a new LED, an LED taillight. Well, this is it. You have designed um, it. Oh, damn. <laughs> and Nick made a thing. It it functions as a light bulb. It also uh, functions as a very very small butt plug. Uh, 
<laughs> this no, this is the size. I like those blades they look a little. No, they look pretty bad. In John's camera, we could check for polyps. This is the size of if you were a kid and you remember the candy lipsticks. Oh yeah. This is about the size of a candy lipstick. It's an 1157 base, right? And uh, so it's a little 1157 base, and he's got some uh, little cob emitters here. What do you got? Two, four, There's six, eight of eight them. of them there. Yeah. yeah. Right? Which is significantly less than most of them have. Yeah. And are these little MOSFETs I see on here? Uh, no, those are resistors. Oh, those are resistors. Okay. Yep. Because LEDs are funny. When you give them voltage, they'll take as much current as they, as can they possibly, possibly can. can right? So those are current limiting resistors. Right. Those aren't to make it so that they flash at the right rate. That's different. Boy, and it's got this uh, fine craftsmanship. It's it's stamped Moto Obscura. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's that's classy right there. That is that's AVE good. approved right there. That shit is on the money. Uh, wow. Yeah. So uh, yeah, let's 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 chooch the chach on that. Uh, I, I wanted to bring. Can I hold like something a, for you? Right yeah, 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 yeah. Because right, rather than have a bulb holder like we have on yeah, every motorcycle yeah. in here. And the best part is, is that he brought two red wires. And once he has it hooked up, <laughs> he's got to figure out. Well, one is slightly thicker than the other one. Oh, so. uh, look for the stripes on yeah. yeah. the ridges. So. Right. Look for the ridges. Oh, you got yeah, it right that. there. Yeah, okay. that was good. All right, that's a that is brighter than frig. That's pretty nice. I'll yeah. give you that. that and is, it's a but it it's has a, a nice yellow color. It's, it's not, not blue. No, yeah. it's a good that's, color and temperature. That's the, that's the thing. And I I I stuck it in my bandit in the tail light and in the turn signal. And that's and five it, watts or ten watts. No, probably two. Um, We're blinking. We're blinking. Each LED draws. Oh, oh, good job, Shorty McArkinson. We need that battery. Each LED draws like that's a light bulb. You'll know really lithium. Soon. Boom. So which one? Oopsie. Uh, it's whatever 120 milliamps times eight is. Times eight. Yeah. So, so 12 times eight times 1.6 to 10.6. Don't trust okay. me on that. No, that was that was completely ghetto windage right there. <laughs> Here, I'll, I'll do the math. Thank you. you. We have devices. We can do the math correctly. That is almost an amp. So mm-hmm. times, let's say, twelve volts. Yeah. Um, Dome's law, friends. Oh yeah. It's not Ohm's suggestion. Yeah. Twelve watts. Yeah. I said ten point six. It's twelve. Yeah. Yeah. It's not Ohm's suggestion; it's Ohm's law. Mm-hmm. But that's brighter than hell, so that's very cool. I like that. And then what would I like be, everything what's about What's the run life of this? Forever. Uh, it's, it's yeah. A yeah long I mean, time, it's right. It's each LED is rated for two hundred milliamps, and I'm mm-hmm. running it lower than that. So it yeah. could be brighter, but it's being. I don't know if I want it to be brighter. That keeps it cool. Right, it keeps right. it cool. It's going to last longer that yeah. way. Um, oh, so you're going to take away profitability from all these companies that make the bulbs. So this will probably be the last time we see Nick alive. Yeah, uh, there you go, Nick. <laughs> Maybe. Great way to get shot. Just yeah. make sure you don't uh, cross the wires. There. Crazy. Yeah. yeah, okay. You don't Nick, want to touch Nick, them Can you together. make a water-powered car for me? Uh, no. I'm not going to touch <laughs> the wires together, but... That is nice. I mean, I like everything and about it. Like, I, in your hands right now, it looks like an incandescent light. It, well, that's does, what I was trying yeah, to end really with. Because, yeah. because yeah. it's, I mean, all the of color The color temperature on it is fantastic. I mean, it's very it's warm. It's spot on. Yeah. It's, so, wait, it's can really that good. be a brake light? Will it, will it, no. Or, I mean, it could. It, it can under, be. There, there's uh, epoxy ah. encap- encapsulation yeah. inside that uh, mm-hmm. the thing. But yeah. there's other traces and circuits and stuff built in under there. Yeah. So I could have it going to an 1157 base. Yes, you could. Or, um, okay. Yeah. And also, I could have a microcontroller in there that blinks. Exactly. Um, yeah. I just haven't built one up like that yet. It's so funny because you're like, okay, all right, now make 40,000 of them. 
Right. Uh, because you're clearly not set up to do that. This nope. is the cottage industry right here. I, is... I made that in a toaster oven. So. You did? <laughs> this is very sexy. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's like, super cool. Moto Obscura. So can people, uh, do you do you keep an Instagram account or anything going? I have a, a website. For um, Moto Obscura? Those aren't up yet. Yeah, it's no. moto-obscura. Okay, guys. Com. So all you people out in podcast land, you want to know what Nick's up to, what kind of com- comes out of his brain. Uh, Moto-obscura. There's going to be more out. revisions of that before. I like this, I though. I like this bulb a lot. That's a, that's a cool but bulb. But I, I mean, there's only eight LEDs because I figured... They're just going to be in the spot where the filament would be. It's the most hipster oh. thing in the world. I'm sorry, this is an artisanal... It's an artisanal 1157. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bespoke 1157. Yeah, I mean, that is literally... That is like artisanal cigarettes. I mean, that is... 1157 bulbs around here are, are just shrapnel. Yep. Right? They're only good until they're not, and then they just clog up the place. That is actually a fine bit of workmanship. All I mean, the boards are hand whittled. Oh yes, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of shrapnel, I like your uh, Christmas tree lights over here. Which ones? Your holiday lights, ones with the shotgun shells. Oh, the shotgun shells. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's... Is that homemade? No, no. Those are those are store bought. Those are oh, tailor made. Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine who runs a motor scooter shop out in San Francisco. How much? Uh, Barry, fantastic dude. I mean, if you're in San Francisco, you go to San Francisco Scooter Center, look up Barry. He is, he is one of my favorite people. But he's a cowboy shooter, and you know, he's just a good, all around good dude. And I guess uh, he was out at the range one time, and a guy was, uh, a guy was kind of, you know, he's got means and stuff, but he likes a hobby. And so the guy told Barry, oh, "I make these, I make these strings of Christmas lights using shotgun holes." And uh, he's like, yeah, he goes, you know, I just need to get, I just need to get some. So Barry goes to the range where he goes shooting and says, yeah, he's picking up all the shotgun holes. And the guy goes, what are you doing? He goes, I'm picking up shotgun holes and giving this guy, he's going to make Christmas lights out of them. (laughs) The guy goes, whoa, 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 hold on. I have an entire dumpster of shotgun holes back here. And the thing with shotgun shells is, you know, the double A's are always red. So the vast majority of shotgun shells on planet Earth are red. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's you got to go into the weird, creepy off-brand sector to get the blue and the yellow and the green, and and those make the shot the Christmas lights more festive. So for every kit I've seen of shotgun shell Christmas lights, there's like a two to one ratio of red to any other color. So like when you buy the package of seventy-five lights or whatever, fifty of them are red and twenty-five of them are the yellows and blues and greens. We know that because when we were little kids and we used to pick up shotgun shells because we were poor. And so we'd pick up and we'd fill all the, the red ones, the double A shotgun shells. We'd fill those and re, uh, reload those, but the rest of them were useless. And uh, can you imagine? Aren't the primers the same? Or? Well, they, you got to punch out the primers anyway uh, to re, to reload. I the think shotgun there are shot. actually only four types of primer, aren't there? There's small yeah. and large yeah. pistol, two sizes, and small right. and large rifle. Correct, and shotgun shell. And then, I right. guess, shot, so all the shotgun shot shell primers are all the same. Yeah. Now here's the thing, though. If you want to know how bad you can make a seven-year-old feel, yell at him for picking up the wrong shotgun shells off the ground. Mm. <laughs> I'll tell you, man, it's a real kick to your ego. <laughs> when 
When you think, Jesus Christ, I'm seven years old and I can't even pick up the right shotgun shells. Famous. <laughs> I got a yellow one again. Oh, no, it, it was crazy. No, the 20 gauges get separated in with the 12 gauges. You know, it's a four problem. 4 Yeah, well, 410s are useless. Just leave those where they are. We need to go yeah. back out to that place that we were last year. Yeah, we'll go ahead and get some shooting in. In the springtime, maybe. That was fun. Yeah, it was fun. It's always fun busting birds. Jeez. Yeah. The uh, uh, On to the weird motorcycle topic. For anybody who's still interested in that, um, I did make the mention of a motorcycle show. For people who are interested in going, it's January, the last weekend in January here in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. So um, if you fast. are coming out to Cleveland and you want to participate in our show, we will have our traditional booth thing there. We'll be doing a podcast there Friday night as we normally do. Uh, so anybody, I've had a lot of people emailing us asking us, you know, dates and deets. Well, it's that last weekend in January. Uh, you can generally count on seeing us there from 5 until close on Friday, all day long on Saturday, and Sunday, I believe they close pretty early. They close at like 5 p.m. or something like that on Sunday. So uh, if you're looking to stay somewhere in Cleveland, if you want to come out to our show, the Cleveland Hostel is an excellent place to uh, flop. Mm -hmm. It's very inexpensive, and it's a very, very cool hostel. You can put four or five guys in a room, and it comes out to be like twenty-four bucks a dude. So, uh, very reasonable, very fun, uh, and it's conveniently located stumbling distance from Porco. So that could make for a very fun evening. I had an opportunity uh, for work Christmas party to go to the Drury Hotel, mm -hmm. which is actually a converted. It was the Cleveland School Board building, Board of Education. Yeah, uh, Board, of, Board Education of Education building. building. Yeah. Really neat, and I guess the the rooms were only like a hundred bucks a night. It's not. Huh. It wasn't ridiculous. That's very cool. A lot of marble. Yeah, I'm sure. It's tons of. Tons Drinks of were very expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Don't that's drink in a hotel. Yeah, don't yeah. do that. Yeah, so that's about it. Uh, there won't be a podcast next week because I'll be in motherfucking Hawaii. Aloha. Aloha. Mali Kaliki Ha Maha. That's more of a warning to the people in Hawaii than it is a celebration. <laughs> I've never been to Hawaii before, so I have no idea what to expect. Waikiki. Um, I ate a can of Spam last week just for training. Warming up. Yeah. I did. I, I, I have not eaten Spam since I was in the military, so I did. I noticed you've been hitting the spray tan, which is good. I fuck you. Man. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Second, I take my shirt off. Small planes are going to be asking for clearance. Yeah, yeah. Um, we did get my brother got me uh, snorkeling masks that are fucking weird. They're not traditional, like you know. Oh, they got this. Yeah, they got the oh, fucking mohawk. Cool. It's it, yeah. it's a mask that looks like SCBS. I mean, it looks like a a, a Scott Pack mask, yeah. like a firefighter would wear. And it's got the whole respirator mouth thing that goes over your whole uh, cake hole yeah. and your nose, so you can talk while you're wearing it. Yeah. And then it has one giant alien-like yeah. proboscis over the top of your melon. Um, that's so, like when you're looking at the fishies and stuff, you know. Does it so have, have the, to rent? Does a, it have the one way or whatever yeah. thing in it? Yes, yeah, so awesome. we don't have to rent snot rockets from yeah. like the you're local. You have to shave your beard off to get a tight seal. I might. That's what I always tell my wife, but it doesn't work. For the tight seal? <laughs> yeah, tight seal. So looking right. for an attractive dolphin? <laughs> a sexy dolphin? A hot dolphin? Or a tight seal? Mm. Oh, poor blowhole. <laughs> Any port in a storm. The, uh, but yeah, so I'm excited because I've never been to Hawaii before. So We're doing the first like the first trip to Hawaii is you know, a few days in Oahu, and then a whole lot of days on the big island. Nice. And you know, Airbnbs to, cheap, to keep it cheap. Mm -hmm. 
you know, one rental car at each location to keep it cheap. And we're just trying to, like, kind of figure out what that's all about. So, so are you planning on doing, like, touristy stuff or just... We're going to do a, a certain modicum of touristy stuff, but I started surfing. I surfed for the first time in my life two years ago in Costa Rica, and I really mm-hmm. liked it. And so I will be interested in doing a lot more surfing. So, uh, yeah, so my main goal is going to be to surf as much as possible. You should have been in Frisco this last week. The, the, the Misfits posted like the 65 foot waves or yeah, something. Yeah, they've had these weird fucking goddamn rogue waves. Yeah. You got, you know, forest fires and rogue waves. Yeah. And I'm waiting yeah. for Dwayne the Rock Johnson to show up at any moment and go, you know, it's going to, the big, the San Andreas is going to happen. And yeah, yeah I'm just waiting for Cal. Yeah, it's going to disappear. So oh, my God. It's. it's Right. California. I just don't. Yeah. I just don't want to have six inch, six foot breakers in Cleveland. <laughs> they were saying indiscriminate seismic events were happening, and they were reading earthquakes, but they didn't. Oh, really? There was no epicenter for the earthquakes. Well, that's Jeez. weird. And I blame so maybe fracking. the roadways has something to do with that. But they said that they couldn't determine the epicenter of the the. Uh, the earthquakes that were, they were reading. So. I believe it's a huge alien creature has awakened from the magma. Godzilla! And yeah. it's ready to come out. I am, Pacific I Rim, put seven. me on Team Kaiju for 2016 elections, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They showed some really weird footage. Uh, UFO, uh, what's that company? <laughs> that sends up the... That, uh, re- Elon Musk? Yeah. SpaceX. SpaceX, yeah. SpaceX. SpaceX like uh, re... Resupplies the yeah. the whatever the they show. They have live footage of they have live footage of his uh, yeah. ship going in Falcon to, Nine. To whatever, <laughs> <laughs> fucking awesome going into the air. I love this <laughs> on its last launch. <laughs> You're like a sign language interpreter <laughs> for the flustered. Yeah, whatever. I don't know that. You're like an audio sign language interpreter for the flustered. <laughs> it's perfect. Anyway, you guys UFO. have a good act. You should go on the road. <laughs> I have a video, and they shut it off as soon as they, you see this UFO yeah. coming across the flight path of the yeah. Badger Nine or whatever. Jupiter Eight. I fucking love it, Badger Nine. Jupiter Eight. Way danger, Will Robinson. The feed cut. They dropped the feed. Yeah. God, I hope it's Godzilla. I've been waiting on this. I've been waiting on this since I was a small child. But Mothra better be the other guy. I don't care. Godzilla is my spirit. Where's the turtle? Remember the turtle with the fucking jet? Remora? (laughs) Jet feet. Yeah, with the jet feet. The spinning turtle. Spinning (laughs) turtle. Uh, I personally like Johnny Sack. Oh, uh, Johnny Ultraman. So I like Ultraman. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm cool for that. So yeah, I'll be in Hawaii. So we'll see. So, yeah. I hope you unexpectedly and accidentally have just a crazy encounter with Dog the Bounty Hunter. Oh, my God. He's just roaming around out there? I have found a few people that have motorcycles. I've had a few people that have offered me to borrow their motorcycles while I'm there. And I will be dead serious with you. I plan on being verschnuckered the entire time I'm there. I plan on getting lightly fucked over in the airport in L.A., and maintaining a slow burn for 16 days. <laughs> That's what you do. And I don't expect to be responsible for anybody else's shit for like two whole weeks. Yeah. I'm looking for, you know, the doctor and Mrs. Waters here to just go out and just be like, fuck you, we're in Hawaii. Yeah. When does this cruise ship come into port? Because yep. I imagine that Hawaii is just the biggest cruise ship on the planet. <laughs> 
right? It's just there to take your... It's like if Disney and Hawaii had a baby, mm-hmm. it would be the most wealthy thing in the world. With a lot of meth. Well, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I've, like I said, never been there before. So I'm looking to do some, you know... You know, looking to get into some water sports, you know? Oh. But yeah, we're going to be all over the place. So we're going to be like in the chilly, rainy coffee mm-hmm. areas, and we're going to be in the hot, warm, awesome places. That and, sounds awesome. You know, Kona. We're going to be in Kona for a bit, yeah, up in that area. So we're going to be in Hilo for a bit. So we're going to be in, uh, we're going to do a little, a little like, uh, we're going to stay at like the Grand Polynesian Hawaiian thing in uh, Waikiki for a little while. Eat some poi. I, I will smoke any weed that shows up anywhere near me. And you know what? That's what somebody's like, oh, you're going to take any weed to Hawaii? I'm like, that's like taking sand to the fucking beach. Like, are you kidding me? This is where, yeah, whatever. Like, it, my my consumption of herb won't change one bit. No. I would just hope that the food would get better. I would just, you know, I, my, my whole goal with Hawaii is I want to try to stay at less than 10,000 steps a day, mm-hmm. my wife's going to be shooting for 25,000 steps a day. Mm. See, this is the way we travel. I'm good on that. I'm just going to stay here. I'll be right here waiting for you. Right. When you get to the top of right. the volcano. Yeah. Just bring Take your, some pictures. Just bring your surf instructor by so I can approve. <laughs> Fill in the volcano. All right. That's the new Yeah, Phil versus the volcano. <laughs> volcano that's that's exactly yeah. right. In the vol- yeah. Yeah, my whole family's like, well, we know the way you are. You're going to be sending back pictures of you and Merritt in the volcano or yeah. whatever. And I'm like, no, no, probably not. It's going to be you holding like a manta ray or some like, you know. I've heard, because like, I was interested in Hawaii, and like, yeah. wouldn't it be cool to ride motorcycles in Hawaii? And most of the feedback that I got from people from Hawaii are like, it's not as fun as you think. Because the whole, there's no place to go more than 35, like speed limits are like 35, 40 yeah, miles an hour uh, everywhere. There's a fella out there uh, who's a podcast listener who's pretty anxious to loan me uh, a Harley Davidson while I'm out there. And, but uh, I can have fun driving around 40 I honestly don't. No. I really, I, I hope to God that I don't have to think about being responsible. Well, not like that, but I think yeah. it, 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 with you, it would be nice probably just to not see a motorcycle for two I do know one fellow out there who is super duper into Honda Elite uh, CH250s. All right. And he's in a club, and they tune the living shit out of these things. <laughs> no gears. So they have uh, they have helixes, they have heli, uh-huh. they got heli and refly, and they have uh, CH two fifty elites, and they are going you know hundred miles an hour on these things. So they got variators, the pipes, the whole deal. Uh, extremely well done. That'd be alright. I know. Uh, oh, you guys remember we were talking about that wackadoodle uh, silver wing project mm-hmm. we were oh, doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sold it. What? Oh, saw that. I saw it on Craigslist for twelve hundred bucks. You're not the only one. And I, I thought, well, that's the project. I'm not going to buy. I'm and you were like, hey, wait a second. You were like, can I buy our own project, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, I put it up for Kelly Blue Book. Yeah. With brakes that didn't work, and like two hundred cosmetic problems, <laughs> and just a, a blonde one shy of fifty thousand miles. Yeah. And. Aside from the 50 emails that I had that were clearly scammers, mm-hmm. right. I'm interested in your item. Right. Have you sold your item yet? Uh, some beautiful, nice, super nice guy and his wife showed up with their kid. And he came out and he looked at it and he checked it all out. And he goes, does the trailer hitch go with it? Mm-hmm. And I went, 
let the negotiations commence. Did you sell the trailer? No. Okay. Still have the trailer. <laughs> Still have the trailer. That would be adding a, a level of weird to the game, because it's not like a fun trailer. It's not a camper yeah. trailer. It's just a utility trailer. It's just a square. But anyway, uh, so negotiations ensued. He was fantastic. Like, he knew all the rules. This guy was fan. Like, he knew how to negotiate. It was a breath of fresh air. Everyone else that called me was like, I'll give you $200. What's the lowest you'll go? What's the lowest you'll go? And it was exactly that. For everybody that played the game, they, were, they all failed. He came out, he played the game right. We, we went back and forth five or six times on numbers. He came up with a number that I was like, well, I picked it up. I brought it here. I'm going to give a donation to the folks from Bandcamp, which was part of the original intention. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to be happy. We now can take one st- giant step to the left, forget about the silver wing, and focus all of our attention on the GSXR 600. So James and Renee talked to you about it, and we're like, you can't do that. What's that? that? <laughs> no, no, I was more motivated by the fact that you know, it's a 560-pound a item. Yeah. That is better in somebody else's garage yeah. not working yeah. than it is in our garage not working. And if we need a project, we have them. Well, yeah, you, you're not short of any projects here. So. No, no, we could build a team of three Grand Vista 250s, like chariot style. <laughs> yeah, you know, we could have three Grand Vista three, 250s pulling dumb vehicle of your choice, if we feel so inclined. Or we could just have three Grand Vista 250s. If I'm going to have, what did you say, 560 pounds, I'd rather have a 100 and some horsepower 560 pounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 126 horsepower on 412 pounds? Yeah, yeah. And I'm still I'm still just anticipating cuts, break, breaks, bruises, screws, you know, halos, all kinds of surgical mm-hmm. assemblies as a result of that. I'm trying to figure out bears on wheels, how we can add wheels to that vehicle to make it more safe. Because uh, that thing is just... Yeah, just take the the ball idea and mm-hmm. just put a bunch of wheels all yeah, over. all the way around the ball. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's completely it. So yeah, I think we we need to just we're going to announce officially the uh, Silverwing project done. No longer something we need to worry about. Now we go back into the Dixer GSXR six hundred motocross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a title still has not manifested itself for that vehicle. Mm-hmm. So despite one being heavily promised to us. So, we'll see. But, yeah, not the worst thing in the world. And we also still have a FZR750 that couldn't leave our possession, the blue one that mm. was down at uh, Mid-Ohio last year with yeah. the upside-down forks. Mm. We still own that. So, yep. So, we, I mean, just saying, we got projects. There's any number of bad decisions that can be made. <laughs> yeah, plus whatever comes in from Japan. Because <laughs> there's still... <laughs> I'm still spending way too much time looking at small Japanese 4x4 vehicles going, why would anybody buy a Razor? <laughs> you drive a supercharged Subaru 4x4 K, K truck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fucking cool, man. That's a good point. Why would anybody buy a Razor? Why would you buy a ten or twelve or $13,000 Razor mm-hmm. when you can get a $3,000 K truck, street legal, street right, legal right. with air conditioning, a heater that works right, maybe a supercharger if you buy the right Subaru, right, or a dump bed if you get the right Suzuki. Mm-hmm. You could put big old woolly boogers on it and have fun, and tow like twelve hundred, like put twelve hundred pounds of 
man meat in the back of it, or whatever it is you want to do, like on your day off. And the, the yeah. Fukushima fire truck still for sale. It is still for sale. <laughs> you know what? And they did not. There is no radiological inspection on that, by the way. Oh man, really? It does not have a pa- it does not have a pass slip. So yeah, I think that thing was at Fukushima. Oh, I think it was at Ground Zero. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a reason nobody's bought it yet because I looked it up and they do not have a a radiological certificate for it. Do you need that? In order not to import yet. It? Okay, but it's helping sell things. Yeah. So things that are coming from that part of the country, and it's getting pretty dirty over there in Japan right now. They're taking giant bags of soil and stuff, you know, two, 3,000 pounds per bag, and they're stacking those bags up in football field size areas and just putting little fences around it, being like, you know, oh, we're building a high-rise back here. No, we're not. Oh my God. It's all going to sit here for 100 years while the half-life of uranium goes down. Oh, right? my God. And so it's not just at Fukushima anymore. They're scooping this shit up and scattering it all over Japan. So, like, in your high-rise apartment building, you might look down and see all these giant-sized bags. Hmm. And all those giant-sized bags are all full of, uh, you know, the ground, the deritus from the Fukushima area. Yeah, somebody posted, Merry Christmas, Fukushima's still leaking. Yes, (laughs) and it has not stopped leaking, yes. And if you like Pacific Northwest seafood, don't mm, eat it. Don't. Sorry, dude. Yeah, he said yeah. the garlic has it in it. The wine is showing radiological. Yeah. Uh, California wines got. You can melt the cars down, and there's still radiological problems. Like that's the weird thing about radiation is you can melt it, and it don't change. It. Right, you can't get rid of it. Can't get rid of it. So it's very, very weird, very creepy stuff. But yeah, so that's all. I mean, that's just, come on, we just got middle Ohio. We're just thinking about that. That's way yeah. the hell off. I mean, I'm gonna bring July. every single motorcycle I own. With a pie plate on every single Hell, one of them. yes. Mid-Ohio, man. Let the savages run free. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure we will have... Since I have no bus, we are now reliant upon the kindness of whoever I can Airbnb a camper from. Or rent a camper. One of those like fun mover Road America things. I've been noticing on Craigslist in the yeah. RV section for mm-hmm. sale... There's plenty of people putting up their 230, you know, like 125 dollars. They're not selling it, no. but they'll rent it to you for 100 bucks a day. Or you know that. I mean, and we are all about. And I think that. it's all just like, I got this RV. I, I made, made a, a lot of money five years ago. All right, and I have 30 years of payments left, or 25 years of payments left. I got to get some income on this monster. But I'm definitely all about us doing it with an RV next year and have the misfits out, and it'll be a good time. You know, because you can't not have a good time. No. Uh-uh. Right? It's, it's, I'm pretty much definitely working that Friday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No it's okay. Out of it. I'm going to get there early. So I'm I mean, I've made the commitment next year too. Right, get there yep. early. Get ourselves set up nice. Build us a campsite. Build us a little compound, and go crazy from there. And let all the fun just show up. The thing is, is like most fireworks and stuff like that happened on the weekend before or after. Yeah. When it's in the middle of the week, they're really, It's not that great. I yeah. I, I mean, mean, I don't give a shit about that anyway. Yeah. But I'm just saying. No, it's. I mean, that's yeah. not. For us, it's just the people in the party, man. We yep. just, I, I can't have a bad time at that place. Mm-mm. So, you know, the more the more weird ass patrol vehicles and shit we take out to sell and play with and fall over on, even better, man. You know, don't ever leave. Don't ever leave. Mm-hmm. Just go to the Mexican restaurant. <laughs> try to get back to the campsite. You know, do your best to do your best to not die, and you'll be cool. All cool. Oh, and by the way, this thing has been coming in so handy. <laughs> oh, come on now. That ain't even bullshit. That's horse shit. 
Renee has been stabbing this thing at the shop here. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh yeah. She replaced the batteries twice. Yeah, and it's fantastic. And yeah, and we've had you know, wow. Well, uh, you ever heard of a Motaguzzi ambassador? It's fantastic. It's so cool. So it's yeah, good times. Anybody else got anything else? Have no. a Merry Christmas, man. Yeah, Merry Everybody Christmas. have a good time, man. Go enjoy your families and do everything you can do. Uh, that's it. I mean, this is winter. We'll see you next year, apparently. We will see you next year. Yeah. That's exactly right. Cleveland Moto <laughs> signing off for 2018. Weird. Remember to ride fast and take chances. Press the button.